This week on the Jock and Nerd Podcast, we're talking new trailers for Wonder Woman 1984, Free Guy, Ghostbusters Afterlife, and Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. Kevin Feige's comments from Brazil Comic Con and Keanu versus Keanu at the box office. Plus, a full spoiler review of the first three parts of the Crisis on Infinite Earths CW crossover and a whole bunch more all in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Thursday, December 12th, 2019. Now listen here, bitches. You say you're looking for a podcast about comic books and TV and movies, but you don't know where to go? Well, stop whining and tune into the Jock and Nerd Podcast. These are the only guys you'll ever need. They're jockey, they're nerdy, and they're bitches like you. So keep it on the Jock and Nerd Podcast. You can run, but you can't hide, bitch. Check. Check one. All right. This is Roy Fans out there. Hey, this is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. Welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast with your hosts, Anthony. I'm cooking a pot roast in my pants. Imran. What the shit is this? And Rug Boy. Put a bullet in me, Imran. Comic book and superhero, TV and movie news, reviews. It's really bad. It's actually pretty bad. It's so fucking bad. It's dog shit on a hot day. I love this movie so much. Come on, Imran. I think it's it's surprising. And whatever they choose. Let them see your small dick. We all know it's not big. Ah, fuck off. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. Remember, Batman's got your back. Oh yeah, what's up? Hello, listener. Thank you for joining us this week and welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. And that's where I hit this button. Yeah, hit nerd. Yeah, Sorry, my finger slipped. I gotta give you the boing. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's the nerd. And joining us, uh, Paragon from Earth 6969. He's made of positive and negative matter cotton, mostly negative matter. Of course, it's the anti-rug boy. <laughs> What's up, rugs? We just heard the voice of Kevin Conroy, yes. which is the animated TV's Batman. Yes, we did. Which I had the pleasure. I don't know if it was the pleasure. <laughs> I saw him on TV during this crisis thing. Well, and we'll, when we review it, we will find out if that translates. If well, just being the voice translates to being the Batman. I have one comment to make on it. Okay. Is that if you put a picture of Kevin Conroy. Yeah. And you put my picture up. Yes. We look a lot alike. Yeah. I think he's my dad. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. Is that your long lost pappy, Rugs? Like, <laughs> I think so. I'm like, wow, he looks like he could be <laughs> not a human being and made of felt. Anthony. Yes. Who is Rugboy's real father? Do you know? Um, That's the next episode of Maury. Oh, that is. We'll have to wait till the. We'll yeah. have to wait till the paternity suit comes back. We'll find out your true parentage, rugs. You know they don't have an ancestry.com for for brown people or puppets. It's some bullshit. It Whoa. really is. I'm telling you. Wow. Yeah. No, I can't. I put my name in ancestry.com. It says you're at the wrong website, and then it's Whoa. just yeah, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. I guess you got to be white. Uh, rugs. You are white though. No, well, on the outside. Oh. Genetically, I am broadly South Asian, according to my sister, who has done the 23 and me. That's what we are. Mm. Generic South Asian. Ve- I don't believe it. It's very exciting. Big lids. All a bunch of lies. Yeah, no. What are you talking about? Rugs. Yeah. We got an awesome sponsor for the show. Yeah. Like- <laughs> 
you do the honors and, and shout oh, you out. You want me to talk about manscaped.com? That's correct. Where you can get yourself some kind of a, a doohickey to shave your balls with. I think it's called the lawnmower, uh, 2.0, right? That's what it's called, correct. right? Yes, correct. Yes, it is. Okay. So, uh, yeah, if you like to have a clean nutsack, <laughs> I just can't believe though I'm doing this. But anyway, if you want to have a uh, nicely presented family jewels and you want to put it, your dick in a box this holiday season, you should clean them up first. Oh, that's nice. Anyway, if you're going to do that, go to manscaped.com. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code Big heads, all in caps for some reason, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use code big heads. I said it twice. That, so you know, get up your nuts and make Santa proud this year. That's a great gift for the holiday Very season. Good. Uh, not only is that a great gift, but dick in a box is a great gift. This is my dick in a box. Yeah, I think. What? Dick in a box, you baby. You get a box. Depends <laughs> whose dick. Then you do. I you guess it does depend what's in the box. There's three easy three. steps. You put your dick in the box. dick in the box. There we go. And there's your uh, our, our mandated contractual dick joke to start the show. Let's get to the geek news. The Jock, Jock and Ned Podcast. Yo, I got geeky up in Sao Paulo, Brazil last weekend. Uh, Anthony, were you there? Seems like a place you, you should be. Was not there this time. Oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, it's called Comic-Con Experience CCXP in Brazil. Uh, really becoming a big place to uh, reveal stuff such as a bunch of trailers and announcements. Let's just dig into the big one. Uh, Wonder Woman 1984. Geek Mooner. Well, Warner Brothers put out their first official trailer. And uh, Gal Gadot, of course, looking as stunning as always. Gadot. Is it Gadot? I think. Is that how she says it? Yes. Gadot. Get the fuck out of here. Gadot. Gadot, Uh, fuck with me. Okay, you get your first look. At uh, Wonder Woman in 1984 with Kristen Wiig and uh, Pedro Pascal and fucking uh, Chris Pines as Steve Trevor. Anthony, yes. what'd you think about this trailer? Is it? This is I love doing this. Is it? Geek boner. Or? Floppy jock. More leaning towards geek boner. Oh, nice. The first thing I thought was I recognize this white guy that looks to be the villain. Not realizing, oh my god, that's Pedro Pascal without a fucking mustache and like blonde hair. He, that's the Mandalorian, people. Yeah, that's you want to see what he looks like. That's what he looks like with a really that's what bad he looks wig. Like, yeah, that's what he yeah. looks like. But um, overall, I mean, I I wasn't super jazzed about it. I thought it looked pretty solid. Um, I don't know. Maybe this is the first time that I'm feeling it. Um, I, I think it'll be a good movie. I like that it looks different than the first one. So yep, the first yep. one had the World War One yep. vibe. This one's clearly 80s with this like metal kind of like feel underneath it. Um, but I am starting to feel a little bit of the superhero fatigue. Oh, no. Is, it's not going anywhere. Maybe, but maybe that's because there's nothing in this trailer that like would really excite me. It's up the end, the little shot of her in, in some sort of different armor that I guess is a thing. The golden but, eagle armor, yes. Yeah, overall it looked good though. I, yeah. I, I can't I can't say there's anything bad about the trailer. I lo- I mean, I love the music, Rugs. New Order, Blue Monday, yeah. uh, dope song. What'd you think? I, I enjoyed the trailer. I wasn't overwhelmed or bowled over by it. I still think that Kristen Wiig is the, the weak part of this movie. Um, they don't 
they haven't shown you the they're, they're keeping uh, Tiger to the vest. Yeah, they're uh, they're going to hold that for later. I what do you want to see here in a trailer? Do you want to not spoil that? I'd rather well, probably show us later. I don't know. I just feel like that there was not enough of a idea of the looming evil. You just see Wonder Woman doing a bunch of stuff. Yeah, you don't yeah, see her yeah, doing it yeah. to anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's kind of like uh, you don't know. I guess it's it's a teaser. You don't really know anything. But I feel like uh, there's there was a feeling of that's it. Like you know, because <laughs> the, they showed the armor and that was the coolest thing. They saved that for the end. That was so, the money shot in so this in one. In place of like the big bad, you have the shot of the armor. So if the armor did it for you, I think it's a f- good first trailer. You know, there's gonna be more. It was good enough to give me slight geek, geek boner. boner. Like I said, I love the music. Um, that move where she's dislodging the the bullet out of the chamber in the air and knocks it away. That's fucking badass. Uh, they're not also not telling you how the fuck is Steve Trevor back. But I, I know. How. I think I figured out the plot. By the way, I think the plot for this movie has been spoiled. But from what I can deduce, you have uh, uh, Barbara Minerva, who's working with uh, Diana, and she maybe has a crush on her, wants to be like her. And you have Maxwell Lord saying you could have whatever you want. What would you want if you wanted it? And then Steve Trevor shows up. So I feel like the Mandalorian is going to make a thing that gives people whatever they want. I believe that's what he does in the comics. Mm. So he brings Steve Trevor back, but then he also makes Kristen Wiig, gives her power to impress Wonder Woman. And then, I don't know, bad shit happens. The, her riding on the lightning, some people are like, that's weird, but it looks kind of cool. I don't know. Yeah, it looks fine. It's it looks kind, that's kind of a neat, that's kind of a fun comic book thing. It ties into thing. like Greek gods and shit. Like yeah, that. and you know what's funny about that is I'm going to spoil a little bit <laughs> the alert. finale of Titan Season 2 because I spoil, put the spoiler alert, they do kill a character, right? It's Donna Troy. You know how she dies? By catching a tower and then being electrocuted. And then she fucking dies. Uh, I was like, what the fuck? What? She catches a what? She catches like a tower that's falling on people. Oh. And then she gets hit by like an electrical line and dies. Uh, that's Wonder. It's Wonder Girl. Meanwhile, you got her Diana here riding on lightning. And they fucking kill Donna Troy off that way. In okay. Titans. It was dumb. Uh, that sounds like terrible writing. Oh, my God. It was so dumb. That show was so dumb. <laughs> but this trailer... Yeah, it's good. Do you think that's the invisible jet we're seeing that the quick shot hmm. we're in? I mean, it's a jet with cloaking. Yeah. Yeah, maybe a jet. So with I cloaking. guess it's like an invisible jet. It does. The trailers, I just watched it again while yeah. you were talking. Yeah. It definitely has the let's just copy Thor Ragnarok kind of vibe in terms of making a trailer. Because it had the, the way the, even the, the titles crawl across the screen is very like synthy and the way they have the, the, the bright colors crawling it's on the, the bottom. trendy thing like stranger things yeah it, uh, i mean neon from 80s thor, thor had the spirit of the 80s yeah. but it wasn't an 80s movie right it was like because they used like you know zeppelin in it and stuff like that there it wasn't cued into the 80s it was just this, uh using old nostalgic sci-fi yeah that was the aesthetic idea. he picked this is like a little bit using like some of the ideas that thor uh introduced but then they're leaning re- really into the 80s with the malls and the Stranger Things looking shit that everybody's going to associate with Stranger Things. Some of the hallway fight looks cool and I kind of like how it's reversed. Steve Trevor now is the fish out of water, isn't he? She's going to have to explain to him what all the well, shit is. Yeah, like no, she's I mean, that, that was good. I did think the trash can thing was a little cheesy. <laughs> is that art? No, he, he really doesn't can. know what a trash can is? I mean, he's not a they fucking idiot. So different. <laughs> 
<laughs> They're not just round cans. Yeah, how can you not tell it's a pizza? Speaking of art, well, I wanted to mention rugs. I figured out how we can make money with you. Oh. I'm going to take you. I'm, we're going to break into the Museum of Modern Art. I'm going to yeah. duct tape you to the wall. And someone's going to eat. And then I'm going to sell you <laughs> for $120,000. Seem to have worked for the banana. Why can't we do it with the rug boy? Anthony, did you hear about this story? No. This artist, installation artist, taped a banana, duct taped the banana to the wall of an art museum. Mm-hmm. He sold it for $120,000. Oh, shit. Right? Mm-hmm. This other dude rolls up. <laughs> this guy, he's a performance artist. And very calmly, in front of everyone in the security guards, removes the banana and then just eats it. <laughs> and the security guards try to stop him. And he's like, bro. I'm a performance artist. It's cool. This is my art. And apparently they were like, oh, okay, go ahead. Okay. It's good yeah, art. It's just wow. it's pretty good uh, yeah, art. Doing art. Yeah. I, the art. You know, I was watching a UFC blog for this yeah. week. Yeah. And they were doing interviews with people, and then they cut to a banana taped to a wall, and they didn't it. get it. That's so, it. Now that makes sense. Meanwhile, Boss Logic's been doing art like Baby Yoda taped to a wall and like a Pokemon card taped to a wall as like a meme. Yeah. So... It works for the banana. We're going to do it with rugs. Listener, let us know what you think of this idea. And let us know what you think of the show. I want you to take a quick moment and take our audience podcast survey. Uh, you can find it at com slash survey. <laughs> and there's a link in the show Jockin notes. Nerd. You got to have the It's audio branding. Uh, let us know what you think. There's three easy questions that will help us improve the show. We'd love to get your feedback. You can be brutally honest. If you want, it's anonymous. You can leave your name. You don't have to. Is one of the questions, who is your daddy and what does and he do? And what does he do? Put that cookie down. <laughs> uh, and I'm only going to tell you the link here in the show. That way, only our listeners can access it. I'm not putting this on social media or anything. It's very special just for you, jackanair.com slash survey. Uh, I'm excited for Wonder Woman. It's coming out, uh, what, June uh, next year? twenty June, yeah. June 5th, 2020. Uh, another trailer. Released by 20th Century Fox, I thought was really fun, was for this movie called Free Guy. You guys check this out? Starring Ryan. Like you didn't like it? No. Starring Ryan Reynolds. It appears to be a movie about a guy who's a bank teller and realizes he is a non playable character in a video game. Oh, shit. I feel like this is like Wreck It Ralph meets fucking that movie that we just reviewed. Uh, Ready, Ready Player, Player One. One. Yeah. yeah. I think it's funny. This 20th Century Fox movie, it starts out with the people who brought you Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, The Lion King twice from, <laughs> from Disney. So there's like a little jab at Disney at the beginning of the trailer, even though they own them now. Uh, Anthony, what would you think of this? I, uh, I thought this was a kind of a fun idea. Um. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it. I thought the trailer was well done. I personally liked it most just because it has Mariah Carey "Fantasy" as the song for oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah, that's um, a good which too. is a great song. Yeah. So I think it's a very well cut trailer. Um, is the idea all that intriguing for me? Is it a movie I'm going to probably see? Unless you tell me I have to go see it, I'm not going to probably see this. Um, but it was a well for me. It was an entertaining trailer. If if anything, I feel it's like a very unnecessary movie that we don't need to see. But like. Whatever, like I mean, it probably will be a romp. Yeah, it, it just might be a fun romp. It looks like, fun. I mean, Ready Player One was fun. Uh, Blake Brady. This is not Ready Player One. No, it's not, and it's not rated yet either. So I'm wondering. It's probably gonna be PG thirteen. But I was like, I mm. mean, it might have some gamer stuff in there. That's 
cool for gamers, I guess. Blake Bra- Braden posted on our Facebook group. Here's research material. This is Saints Row, Grand Theft Auto, Just Cause, and Ready Player One. Yeah, I've, I've played all of those all, games and read all those books. Yeah, World into One. So, I don't know. I thought it was like a neat idea to do Ready Player One from the from the game's perspective. And Taika Waititi is in it also. He's so, the bad guy, huh? Oh, he's the bad guy? Is that what, that's what the, it looked like. That's the it's just absurd because NPCs don't have thought processes. They're just run programs. Steve from Stranger Things is also <laughs> in it. There, Well, but he uh, decided to uh, not do the same thing every day. And, uh, yeah, the, uh, I guess it's a bug. It I is. Don't know. Yeah. All right. Like Neo? <laughs> yes. Or Smith? It, oh, it, we've seen this before. It, yeah, it reminded me of a little <laughs> like a Matrix light. Uh, yeah. Whatever. Matrix, Whatever. Jesus Christ! I mean, a little, a little bit. How? I don't know. Well, Smith even... is a program that doesn't do what he's supposed to do. Right? And then he's a virus. This guy becomes a virus, and his name is just Guy, and he's free Guy, and now he's free. As I watch it, I have to re- reiterate: I mostly like it because of the song and how it's cut into the trailer. <laughs> because without the song, yes, it's. Uh, I know people just... are all mad. Like, why are you shitting on this? I love this. <laughs> like, well, tough shit. I don't like it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm allowed to have an opinion. Okay, moving on to let's see. I'm dying to know if you're going to like this one. Uh, I was excited for this trailer. It is the trailer for the new Ghostbusters movie being made by Jason Reitman, Ivan Reitman's son, written and directed by Jason Reitman, starring the original stars. It's called Ghostbusters Afterlife. Geek boner. Uh, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Ernie Hudson, Sigourney Weaver, and Annie Potts are expected to return. They are not in the trailer, though. No, they're not. So if you are... Uh, expecting to see them in the trailer, you could forget about that. But uh, what do you guys think of this trailer? I feel like a lot of people uh, checked out of this one. Really? It's I've had uh, people uh, contact me and go, did you see this trailer? What did yeah. you think? And I was like, you know what? I'm not, I don't know what to say about it. And they're like, well, uh, you know, if they don't have these guys in there, which they are in there, all the original stars yep, yep. are supposed to be back. But the fact that they had no Ghostbusters song, None of the guys. Yeah, they didn't put the song. And it was like, yeah. it looked like a completely different genre of film. All of that stuff. Um, people were raising eyebrows. But like, I don't know. If, if this is like maybe some kind of a postmortem on Ghostbusters and putting it into some perspective, it might be fun. But like, I have, I still don't know what this movie is. I still have no idea. Uh, so know. it also features Paul Rudd and you have, the kid, another another kid from Stranger Things, Finn Wolfhard, uh, which Anthony, this kind of reminded me of like a, a Stranger Things movie. Uh, so yeah. I agree with Ruggs. It doesn't have that Ghostbusters feel yet. I feel they're just teasing us. You do see the Ecto-1. Were you a big Ghostbusters fan? And are you slightly geek bonered for this? So I actually was a big Ghostbusters Whoa, fan as too. a kid. I, I enjoyed both one and two. I never saw the one with all the women in it. And then with all that negative negativity around it i again never saw it but with all the negativity around it it just kind of soured me on the whole thing so seeing that this is a movie and now a thing i wasn't completely jazzed about it seeing the trailer it didn't really feel like ghostbusters it kind of did feel like a stranger things type knockoff there wasn't the music there wasn't any of the old stars so i didn't really feel much for it just here, like I didn't even know up until you guys just said it, and maybe we've talked about it on the show, and I just forgot that the original, most of the original Get cast, except yeah. R.I.P. R- the other one Harold, of the guys, Harold Ramis, Harold Ramis, him being dead, the cast is back. So 
I think there is a lot of potential in this. Yeah. I think there's a potential, you know, kind of a transitioning from the old cast to maybe a new cast. I like that Paul Rudd is in it because yeah, he is yep. kind of the same vibe as all those guys were yeah, in the absolutely. 80s. absolutely. He would have been in a Ghostbusters movie. But the trailer itself did nothing to make me excited for any of that. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just what we're talking about right now that's getting me excited. The only things that got me excited is you see the ghost traps, you see a proton pack, uh, you see the Ecto-1 and the siren of the Ecto-1, the original Ecto-1, uh, but clearly this girl is Egon Spangler's granddaughter, Hell Ramis, the great Hell Ramis, who wrote and starred in the first one. You know, the, not with us anymore. So, is the some one of the people supposed to be the son or of the one gr- of these the characters? The girl with the glasses is his granddaughter. That whose granddaughter? Uh, Egon's. Because remember, which she, one was Egon? Egon Spengler was the, the brainy scientist one, the the tall the skinny one. Yes, he's dead. He's dead. Correct. Yeah, so, because okay. and she goes to her closet and there's the Ghostbuster suit and it says Spengler on it. Uh, so, if I was just gonna say, what would have would have put even if they would have just had like a remixed version at the end yeah, of the yeah. Ghostbusters song, I probably would have creamed my pants in nostalgia. It's just weird because that that recent Ghostbusters that they remade the reboot right. with all the women in yep, it. Yep, yep. They don't want to associate themselves. Not with at that. all. No, he says there hasn't been a ghost sighting for thirty years. They're ignoring right. that. So movie. like. They're trying to like lean as far away from like anything Ghostbuster E. I I don't know why that decision was made, but that's what they're clearly doing. They're like going, okay, well, we tried to reboot Ghostbusters and uh, people didn't like it, and it probably has a stench of like, why are you still making another Ghostbusters after this one failed at the box office? But then they're like, oh, Stranger Things is popular, so maybe we'll go in that direction. Yeah, yeah. Um, but maybe a bait and switch. I think. You can't have Stranger Things with Bill Murray in it. Like, it's just not going to work. Did you guys see the Ghostbusters 2016 movie? I did. Was it good? For what it is, it was fine. It's funny. The cast is funny. You got four really funny women. You got Chris Hemsworth. Uh, it's fine for what it was. And the but st- was it Ghostbusters? I, you know, I don't know. It was something. It should have been just something else. Or, or Dan Aykroyd makes a cameo in that movie, too. They should have if they they sh- if they wanted to do the legacy thing they should have made one of the girls the daughter. It's the granddaughter. Her mom is going to be the daughter. So I think no, it no, is. No, I'm saying it's in, be, in oh, the, in that the one. all girl. Yes, yeah. yes, that would have been easy. I don't know why they decided to not do that. I think that also rubbed people the wrong way. All girls for the sake of all girls, which is fine, but there's not really a connection to Dude, that. But the yeah, another thing is that I don't know why once you would have Ghostbusters, you wouldn't have them anymore. Why did they need to go away? Like, unless, like, whatever they did made all the ghosts go away forever. Well, dude, I was reading this article. Here's a deep cut. One of the questions it asks is, why did Egon move to rural Oklahoma, that barn? Uh, the, so what the mine that they show, it's called Shandor Mining Company. Ivo Shandor was the architect who created the building that Sigourney Weaver was in. He Remember, he, he mm. explains in that movie that this building was created as like a giant antenna to open the dimensions and bring in Gozer. And in this trailer, you kind of see like a big dog gargoyle leg land on the car in front of Paul Rudd. <laughs> oh, shit. Similar to the first movie. I don't know. I Gozer say, comes back. I would say I'm... Still, I, I still am anticipating this movie just because I am a Ghostbusters fan and it is connecting to the originals. Yeah. But even the setting, just as you mentioned, nothing about it felt like Ghostbusters. <laughs> yes. Ghostbusters occurs in New York City in a densely urban populated place, not in the middle shit. of the country. I mean, you know, ghosts can occur there, but not not the feel that we've we've known from these 80s movies. 
Yeah, it's so. It's, I, I, we'll see. We'll see. It, it, the, the trailer yeah, this, didn't do a very good job of, of this explaining movie this. Was is basically like hampered by the fact that they tried to reboot it. Yeah, the and reboot coming so soon. Yeah. Yeah, it just it just cut them off at the knees. So they had to do something so different that now we're like, we don't know what we're gonna get. We're looking at this trailer. We this could all happen in the first twenty minutes of the movie, and then all of a sudden the shit goes off all over the world and. They have to call the old guys who are all out on fucking fishing and golfing trips that need to fucking come home I, or whatever. <laughs> I would say, too, that it, it's hurt by the fact that we had a somewhat reboot with that all-girls film. Yeah. That reboot came, what, maybe 20 26, years after? Yeah, 2016 was when it came well, out. Well, how many, how many years? When did Ghostbusters 2 come out? Uh, what, like 86, I want to say? Ghostbusters 2 was 89. Yeah. So 17 89? years later. Wow. They make the like this reboot with all girls. It doesn't do great at the box office, and there's just a ton of really not even negative energy, just like disgusting energy around it. Just around the arguments around it, yeah, around yeah, you know, yeah. the, the the was it Jones? Uh, I forget Leslie what her name Jones is. Leslie Jones, Twitter, like, and, yeah, like yeah. all of that was just really ugly, really ugly vibes. So like, I feel like all that whole that stink is still on. That it, stink huh? is still on Ghostbusters, unfortunately. And it, like, if this was the the reboot. I feel like more people might be excited, but the fact that it's now, you know, been so long since we've seen the original characters, the reboot they make is completely different, and everyone is just super ugly about it. And now we're getting another reboot three years later. It's it, it, this has a lot of ground to like crawl out of, Listen, like a big yeah. hole to crawl out of. All, all they have to do the next trailer, just show me Bill Murray, Danny Aykroyd, Ernie Hudson. Yeah, Give me the just, music. I'm back in. I'm just very like um, surprised that this is the direction that they took with the trailer. Maybe they did this to get people talking about how much it's not like Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. 2016. Like just, yeah. just a, it's a marketing thing, maybe. Mm. You know, they want people to talk, right? They want people talking about the, the thing. So they're like, what could make, what could generate more buzz? Like, is it people going, what the fuck is this? Or, oh, this is like typical Ghostbusters that were. It's Stranger been Things, expecting. the movie. Yeah. Uh, who are you going to call? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> uh, the, so the, the, the episode of the, Movies that made us about Ghostbusters. I haven't is, seen is, that one It's very good. Uh, I will, I've only I, seen the Home Alone and Die Hard. One. I will reveal one thing. Dan Aykroyd originally wanted John Belushi and Eddie Murphy in the movie for yeah. that part. Instead of who? Instead of Bill Murray. And and uh, well, what's actually, his name? Well, Ernie Hudson? No, well, they were uh, the first choices for the second guy was John Belushi. And then if he couldn't do it, he wanted Eddie Murphy. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. But, do you but, think it turned out? I think it turned out for it just, the it better. I no Belushi. You think it would have been funnier? Holy shit! Same. Belushi worse. would have been amazing. I would have loved to see more John Belushi. Eddie in, Murphy in was anything. hot at that time too. Yeah, Eddie Murphy was very hot in that time. And also his first script, it was it took place in space on a planet with Ghostbusters. It was completely different and wacky. And Ivan Reitman's like, hold on, like can, let me just. What if it's like this and writes this? I mean, Harold Ramis takes it and writes that whole version of uh, what we saw. So I don't know. I mean, but it's still he got an SNL alum, which is what he wanted. Yeah. You know, you know what's funny about that movie? I mean, I, st- I haven't seen it in a while. It's still great. Yeah, it's great. Both of them are fun. The second one's just a carbon copy of the first. But anyways, yeah. um, Bill Murray is remembered as this very comedic guy. Yet when I re- my memories of that film, he yeah. is funny. Yeah. But he's almost kind of the badass of the group, which is kind of funny to think about now. He's kind of a dick too. He's like the he's like the um, 
He's like a r- much, much better version of what Chris Pratt tries to play in most of his films. Yeah, because Egon was the smarty guy. <laughs> Dan Aykroyd was the, well, he's uh, the he's, he's, yeah, Dan Aykroyd's the wacky uh, fun guy. Right. He's the goofball. Um, and then Bill, Ernie Hudson's kind of like the straight, straight edge, the, the straight lace character. Yeah, Hudson was the outside uh, influence. Like how but do he, people but from he's the outside? A, he's a straight man. He's yeah, all like, yeah, "What the yeah. fuck? I'm just here for a job." And Bill Murray was like the badass dude. <laughs> yeah, he's like the smart, cocky, like the smart ass, cocky, badass dude that like jumps into battle and then gets the girl, but is also super funny and looks like fucking Bill Murray. Yeah, he's like, he's, he's like what Adam Sandler tried to be in all his films, hooking himself up with a hot girl. A little bit, a little bit. Ray, when someone asks you if you are God, you say yes. <laughs> uh, it's What's so the first good. thing you thought of? <laughs> I tried not to. <laughs> the state of marshmallow man. Let's show this prehistoric bitch how we do things downtown. Oh, it's such a good movie. Uh, he ad- Bill Murray ad libbed a lot of the great lines too. Which He's one just is so the one? Good. It's the second one. I mean, for me, when the when the music is blasting yeah. inside of the Statue of Liberty and it's yeah. fucking walking, yeah. I get goosebumps even just thinking about That's that. That's pretty good. That part. Stay puff mar- marshmallow man. Uh, Bobby Brown had a hit single off the second one. It was huge for Bobby Brown. Which song was that one? Remember, it was uh, on our own. Uh, it's <laughs> there's a little rap part oh, yes. about the uh, too hot to handle, too cold to hold. That was when the they, they play that when they're, when they're in jail and all yes. the ghosts start coming out of the sewers and stuff. <laughs> if I was you, you and me. Yeah, I'm not gonna sing a, that whole song. There's so Bobby many, Brown. So many Bobby good, Brown. good moments in good those two shit. films. Uh, you know where else was there was good shit at Brazil Comic Con. Oh. <laughs> CCXP. Uh, Kevin Feige uh, came and uh, he did a lot of shit, dude. They got to see footage from the Eternals, raw footage, uh, and uh, one thing Un- uncooked, uncooked. It wasn't even done. He said it was straight out of the camera. Wow. Straight out of camera oh, footage for for the fans there that won't be we won't get to see for a while, uh, but I, one thing I thought was cool he talked about how the Eternals is an epic that's going to span seven thousand years of human history has cosmic connotations and changes everything we know about the MCU. Geek Mooner. Wow, that's crazy. Thoughts on that? Is it is it too ambitious? Uh, this that's uh, it's nuts. We're going to see the deviants, the Celestials. Hmm. Is it too ambitious? No, I don't think it's too ambitious. I think, if anything, they have to kind of go for it with this film. Yeah. Because it's such a wacky idea and it's something no one knows about. And if they just go with a cookie cutter thing for this, it's not going to stand out. Yeah. They got to do something to make it important. They um, they alluded to the Celestials in other movies, so that's not that much of a reach and the deviants you know you could tie it in thanos but we're gonna see them in their full glory yeah, and their so, full shape I'm just which saying, is awesome. like there's already a little bit of groundwork there yeah. they're not just like throwing them at everybody like without anything like i think the marvel fans will kind of they're already looking all this shit up already they're all doing their homework <laughs> yes. researching so when they get there they're gonna have a little bit of an idea what's going on i also feel though like mc every mcu movie that comes out now they they're like it will change everything you know about the MCU. Like every time, like they said that with Black Widow, it there's going to be things that change the way you look at it's other movies. And is that a possible? You could do that every time. Not every time. No, that's. That, I mean, isn't that the tagline on all comics too? It is. They change everything you know. This is the yeah. end of existence as you know it. Someone will die. Uh, he also confirmed that uh, the TV shows the first time they will connect. With the movies. Yeah. Uh, and right after that, official word, we had talked about this earlier, but Variety reported Marvel Television officially shutting down. The only thing still in production is Hellstrom, 
<laughs> or Hulu. Everything animation or something. Is I th- is it? They are those animated shows they're going to put on Hulu. I think Hellstrom yeah, is live action. Yeah, I think that's the only live action. Everything else canceled. Cloak and Dagger, Runaways. You're going to finish out Shield. Oh fuck! I'm gonna I'm gonna watch the last season of Shield. One last season. Uh, everything else is done, and then it will start with uh Winter Sol- Winter Soldier and Falcon. That's not right. Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, which they there was a photo they released one set photo. What about all this there. shit that I keep reading all over the internet about like Daredevil and all that stuff? Is that bullshit? I don't know. I haven't. They didn't say anything about that. I don't know what their plans are. If so no official, no nothing official, or if they're ready they're resurrecting any of that. Stuff. Yeah. There's also they put out a picture of WandaVision where it looks like it's from like a '50s I Love Lucy sitcom in black and white. So that's wacky. I don't know what that's going to be. And she will I'm not really enthused about that either. She will be the Scarlet Witch uh, in that show. Uh, well, so, of she yeah. no, but they're going to like call her <laughs> Scarlet Witch. They haven't called her that. Oh. She hasn't got her full witch powers. Hmm. Okay, here we go. I'm going to do Let's do a lightning round. I'm going to read out a couple of headlines. I want you to give me your quick comment. Uh, this one's pretty awesome. Women will direct four major superhero movies in 2020. Geek Mooner. Uh, the four movies are uh, Wonder Woman by Patty Jenkins, Birds of Prey uh, by, I don't remember her name, Black Widow by Kate Shortland, and Eternals uh, by Chloe Zhao. Anthony, comment. Is this a shift? Are we seeing a shift finally? Uh, maybe, yeah. I think we are seeing a shift in terms of more inclusion in terms of big movies. Kathy Yeah, Birds yeah. of Prey. Yeah. yeah, so I think we're seeing a shift. And yeah, sure, it's a good thing. As long as the movies are good. I mean, and, and if they suck, so what too? Men make terrible films all the time, so whatever. Yeah, yeah let's some women suck. <laughs> and uh, the live-action Mulan is by Nikki Caro. Brugs, nice. uh, though, when's the last? I can't remember. Like, this is the first time that you have four or five huge blockbuster movies directed by women. And if it makes a lot of money, like you just said, I think that's the most important thing. Well, there's been plenty of times where four women have directed movies during the same year. Yeah. It's just that we're talking about major moolah. Yeah. Into huge tentpole films. Um, yeah. So all of these, most of these women we've never heard of before, but. Uh, they're gonna get it their shot. Yep, and yep. let's see what happens. You know, like I'm sure it'll be fine. So I mean I'm sure that they're gonna be uh, competent films. These uh the way that they make movies is not so dependent on the director yeah, anymore. And yeah. that's not really a slight to them, but it's just the fact that Disney is in charge and they're they're micromanaging everything. They have like already a stunt team and a, a graphics team already in like it, it's it, it's not like this thing where like the director is going to completely change the vision of the movie. And it's, that's not the way it is. So I think we're all pretty much going to get quality films. So I don't, I'm going to be really worried about, or, or even be um, surprised if they were great movies. I mean, it's great to see. And uh, you know, you mentioned we've not heard of, they haven't, these women haven't made many movies. Same thing with the Russo brothers. I don't think they had made a movie. They just did TV. Uh, same thing with the, some of the other male directors. Yes. Yeah, basically Star what I'm Wars saying. directors. Yeah. Right. So, uh, the thing is, can you deliver? But that's great for women in the industry. Here's a great headline. Uh, May in May 2021, <clears throat> we are going to reach peak Keanu sets. The Keanu verse will implode on itself because 
Matrix 4 and John Wick 4 are going to be coming out the same fucking day. Oh, shit. Wow. Ooh. The same day? Whose yes. idea is that? We should bet on Keanu Reeves. Who then. wins that one? Who wins that one? In, in a fight and at the box office. May 21st. <laughs> Why 20... would they do that? I don't so, know. Wait, how do we do this? It's like, are you more excited to see The Matrix return? I, I am. Or John Wick in yet another movie where he just yes. kills a bunch of people. Both. <laughs> Which one do you want to see more? Holy shit. Matrix has had a longer absence uh, and they have a lot to make up after. Those I feel like that I'll three. be more surprised about what happens in the Matrix. Yeah. Than I will with John Wick, even though with John Wick, I know I'm like, it's like when you go to McDonald's, you get a Big Mac, you know, you're going to get something that you want. Exactly. You know, you know what you're going to get with John Wick. You know, it's going to be satisfying uh, choreographed violence. Uh, I don't know what the fuck Matrix 4 is going to be. It's got no Carrie way, and you know. Moss, yeah, uh, uh, coming back. Uh, Anthony, you go to the yes. theater. Both of these movies are playing. What do you go to? What do you see first? How do you do this? This is crazy. I'd probably do Matrix 4. Oh, shit. Okay. I'm seeing them both. At the same time? No, Run but I mean, I'm going to see them both yeah. regardless. I'd lean Matrix 4. I know what John, I've seen John Wick 1. I don't know if I've seen the other two, but I, I already Pretty know good. what it's going to be. Yeah, yeah. And it's fine. It's great. Yeah. It's good entertainment. Um, as Rug said, Matrix 4 could have some maybe, with with the time off, it could have some new invigoration, some new ideas, something to kind of turn it on turn it on its head and maybe maybe be close to something that we saw in the original that'll yes. make people talk and think about it a little bit. Don't blow it a third time, Matrix. Yeah. But John, Wick, I, don't know. I feel like I feel like everybody's biting off the Matrix for the past like yeah. decade. So, so here's the problem. I, I think I, I I agree with you guys. The Matrix has a lot more to lose than John Wick for John Wick being the more consistent franchise. Matrix, how do you now make a movie where your initial movie changed everything in Hollywood and everybody copied it and it's not original anymore? What? People don't realize how much of a huge deal it made. It really was. It it was. I mean, in turn, were you part of that, Anthony? I was. I think it came out in ninety nine. Uh, the first one. Yeah. Uh, I think 97, it was seven. I believe. Uh, no, I may have been ninety nine. Was it ninety nine or ninety eight or something? Uh, nineteen ninety nine. The first one. Ninety nine. So okay, I was turn of the century. Twelve, eleven, twelve years. This was when pop culture started to influence me back yeah, then yeah that's that's probably about the age so yeah i was completely aware of the matrix and everyone even at my age everyone in our school was talking about it It was the thing to try to get to go see sneak into the movie theater or get your parents to go take it to go watch it so yeah i remember it very vividly i remember everybody talking about it huge not just for the bullet time and the technological uh, stuff they did but for the kung fu that was in there and the wire work and the martial arts like you hadn't seen anything like that in a long time uh, in a big movie, uh, Zika had posted on our David Zika on our Facebook group this movie on Netflix. It's called Iron Fists and Kung Fu Kicks. It's a documentary on the history of martial arts, Hong Kong martial arts films. I watched it. It's very good. And in it, they mentioned like how important the Matrix was. And then he had Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon that won a fucking Oscar. And it had Hong Kong wire work and Hong Kong Kung Fu in it. Uh, so that was a, it was a huge movie. And then what happened with two and three? They couldn't fucking 
figure out what to do? The sisters, the brothers at the time, couldn't deliver. Well, and now one sister is coming back to do this movie. That's going to be the the peak Keanu Sons. And then the following one year, of those movies yeah. are going to move. They're not going to do the same. I don't two know. Movies it, on the same I would, day. You know what? It may help each other. Be like, oh, you want to see more Keanu? I'm not done. Go over here. <laughs> you see this one? I want to see more Keanu. I'm I don't know how that one. works. No? Really. I I mean it has to happen just so it ha- like we could say that it happened. I don't funny. think anyone should move. I think we need the Keanu like, off. This would be like a, it would make history. Like a guy had two movies premiere on the same fucking day. And if they're like both huge, like that's crazy. He would be everywhere. He- I guess I could see a roundabout way where it could create a lot of hype for just Keanu, and you have to s- yeah. spend a Keanu weekend like, with him. <laughs> yeah, it'll be like this whole Keanu yes. thing. And then oh, uh, Bill, the new Bill and Ted movie will come out. He's going to rule the world. Keanu for president. Oh, shit. He'll get in a Marvel movie eventually, too. I, they've been talking to him. They're going to put yeah. him in there very soon, I He's feel. He could be Norrin Rad. He could be Silver, be Silver Surfer, maybe a, maybe a Moon Knight. I don't know if you would nah, do TV. I, do, I love him as a Silver Surfer, actually. That'd be, that'd be kind of sick. I like that. Uh, so the next year, uh, The Flash finally gets a release date with Ezra Miller. I'm not buying this. <laughs> I'll believe this shit when I see it. This movie, yeah, that, they, they got to start filming it. It's not, when it's gone through seven fucking directors, it'll be out July 1st, 2022, uh, with its director, Andy Machete, and still with Ezra Miller. Like they keep threatening to make this. Well, put this out, you bastards. We're doing it. Don't make We're us do it. do it. <laughs> and then just announced. I swear sh- we'll do it. Sh- Don't make me. Shazam 2, also April 1st, 2022, coming out four months after the Black Adam movie. I don't know if that's too close to Black Adam, but eh, it's a fun movie. Sure. Give me Shazam and The Rock and uh, Levi and The Rock in a movie. The Rock says, that's it. That's all I got. Shazam. That's all he says. The Rock says, Shazam. So a lot of fun things to look forward to in the next few years, Anthony. The superheroes aren't slowing down. They're, they're never, the genre, they'll never slow down. The genre movies are not slowing down. Oh, my God. You're going to have to get over your superhero fatigue. I'll be over it. Once Black Widow comes out, I'll probably be all about it again. And then the last thing in the news, we are, as we record, we are exactly one week away from Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. Geek Boner. Releasing December 20th. Uh, did you get your tickets in? Right? I did not, but I did check my Fandango, and there's still fucking seats. There's still seats. It's not a big deal. Come on. This- we, we should just tell the audience now, the next show will okay. not be... A Star Wars review. No. It'll be the week after. So yes, because I know a lot of people will be seeing Star Wars, and they might be curious to hear what our thoughts were. Are we'll do instant reactions, but you won't hear our thoughts till at least a, a week or a little over a week after. So you have a out. week to watch the movie. Basically, is what yeah. that means. We, we we care about the fans. We don't want any spoilers. Wu Tang is for the children. <laughs> so there you go. Hey, son. Yo, what's up? Uh, so yeah. But today, just today, they put out a clip that, like, the Star Wars fans of my office came over. They're like, holy shit, did you see this clip? They're like, it's a little spoilery, but you got to watch it. So I'm going to hit this. Spoiler alert. Just in case you've been avoiding the clips. But I thought it was really curious. Uh, Anthony, Ruggs, you explain what's yeah, in this clip. That's because Anthony's not. You guys start. Yeah. yeah. Anthony doesn't know shit about Star Wars, you but see, we're taking him uh, along for the ride. Kylo Ren's uh, ship flying. Towards, uh, I believe, yeah, well, it, it's a ship, it flies. <laughs> uh, it's flying somewhere into, like, some darkness, and then you hear the Emperor Palpatine saying uh, things, and then you see Kylo Ren kind of going to meet this voice, and it says that I've been in your head this whole time, 
every voice that you've heard has been mine oh, and there's some cackling. Oh, shit. And I don't know. Is that what I, is that it? That's it. The clip's called Kylo, Kylo Red meets the Emperor. But well, there's other like little clips of other other characters. No, but Rugs, if you pay attention, he says every voice you've heard in your head has been mine the whole time. But he says it in three different voices. That's right. The first time he's it's the Emperor's voice. The second time he sounds like Snoke from and Last then Jedi. It's Darth Vader. And then it's Darth oh, Vader. Shit. What the fuck? Did, was he Snoke? Has Palpatine been Snoke this whole time? Is it he's been manipulating Kylo Ren this whole time? Maybe. This movie I mean, has a lot of explaining to do, movie. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's why do you think that they put this out? They just dropped like a long ass trailer like about a month ago. And this something. is so like revealing, spoilery. I'm very yeah. confused. To me, it means one of two things. A, they are so confident in what they have left in the surprises. They're like, yeah, fucking put this out. Just to fuck with the fans. Or B, this movie's going to be a hot dumpster fire. And they're like, oh, fuck. We got to put something out to get people really hooked. It, I think it that did get it, me hyped for it. But I don't know what why you would put this out a week before. I think it's pre-sales. I think that the pre-sales are not looking like. I mean, I know that they made this big announcement that they, they always do. Outsold yes, this highest trailer, pre-sales. Whatever. But they said they did the same with Han Solo. That they sold out and whatever for pre-sales, and then they end up tanking at the box office. So um, maybe the sales aren't really what they need, and so they needed to do something. They realized the interest isn't there, so they put out this little extra tidbit to kind of, you know, sweeten the pot a little bit and start some water cooler talk. I don't know. It's weird. It's very strange that they would put out this trailer like a week before when they don't you didn't need to and it kind of worked on me i've been trying to avoid any any spots and and, but this was like i was like the second thing that makes me think this is that there's now a a trend going on yes so uh the press tour is going on and you're seeing daisy ridley and the guy who plays finn john John Boyega, boyega yeah kind of taking digs at the last jedi well, and J.J. Abrams, too, is trying to very carefully maneuver yeah. in these interviews what he wants to say. And 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 the, my issue is I hope this movie just gives me a satisfying conclusion to this long-ass story. And it doesn't seem like they reacted to uh, the, the fan backlash from Last Jedi and changed things just because. Don't pull a Warner Brothers. That's not a good idea. Well, look, what do they do? I mean, they... They had Brian Johnson do pretty much do his whatever he wanted to do with it, and people didn't like it. I mean, some people love it, but like, I mean, a large majority of the people don't like it or whatever. And um, now you have the people that are in the movie who are supposed to be like presenting, talking shit about the movie that they were just not trying to distance themselves from that the decision and all that john movie. boyega said was uh he thinks last jedi is iffy and he got into so much right shit but this is the best iffy. thing that i this is the thing that i i love it's, it's so like ridiculous. when uh it's karmic retribution yep. for people acting like the pearl clutchers yeah, yeah like yeah. remember when 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 kelly tran got all that shit yeah yeah for being in the last Rose jedi we're yes. just existing yes. like all right, so now John Boyega is doing a press tour, and you know they, those things are tough. They're sitting there talking, and sometimes you say something stupid. People are attacking him, like the defenders of like the Last Jedi are attacking him, and um, calling him an asshole for like talking shit about the Last Jedi. I'm like, these are the same people. Like, it is not right 
to attack a star of a movie. They're doing what they're told. They're doing blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So it's always the hypocrisy of people. As long as they're saying shit that you don't like, whatever, you can fucking do, say whatever you want. So it's just, it's just hilarious. To Anthony, could you, laughing. could you have ever predicted Star Wars being as divisive as it is? Like, that's, it's crazy. I could never have seen this coming. I don't know. I mean, I don't remember, I don't remember what the reaction was to, to the original trilogy. Or not the, um, the, the episodes one through three. Oh, the prequels. Because I remember a lot of people saying that they were bad, but I don't, the internet wasn't around. So I, I feel no. like the internet might, if the internet was around, we might have had just as much, Backlash, maybe yeah. not in the same way, yeah. but I feel like we would have had a lot of backlash. Well, so. they don't listen to the backlash then. Now they do because it's so public it's and loud. everybody can see it. Yeah. yeah. The vocal minority can really fuck up your production and your story these days. They can change a movie. It is crazy. Hey, at least we all still have Baby so, Yoda. Nerd. Prediction. <sighs> Baby Yoda, yeah. Do you think that this movie is going to do well? Because I think we're not going to review it, right? This yeah. is the last time we're going to talk before it comes out. Exactly. So let's make a little bit of a little. Uh, well, we talked last prediction. week that they were estimating a hundred seventy to two hundred million dollar opening. You think it's going to hit it? I think this will make more than the Last Jedi. Last Jedi made two twenty. I think it beats two twenty opening weekend. Well, okay. Yeah. I, I don't really know because I just don't have my finger on the pulse of Star Wars fandom. If I had to guess, I'd go 200. Um, but I think it will be an entertaining film. It will be mostly satisfying because I think with J.J. Abrams behind the helm and with the way that they've been kind of listening to everything, I think they're going to make a film that is not wholly satisfying but enough to not cause the same amount of backlash the last one did. To me, the die has been cast. All right. The Last Jedi pretty much did the damage it did. So I'm like, all right, I don't really don't give a fuck at this point. Like, I'll go see the movie. I'm not like not going to go. I'm not protesting and sitting it out or anything. I'll go see it. I'm like, look, it's the damage has already been done. Let's see how this fucking thing ends. And then like I can move on with my life. So um, I'm hoping that a lot of people are having that same attitude and people are not going to just sit this one out because of whatever reasons, like fan reasons. But like you never know. I, I really don't know how it's going to play. No. I feel like that this 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 little trailer release was a bit of a tell. Yeah. And the fact that those guys are walking it back a little bit it, to try and please fans is a little bit of a tell. So mm. I don't know. Maybe they're panicking over there. I Yeah, I feel like it may be a little desperate, uh, but it's going to be heavy on nostalgia. And if at this point, if it's just a remake of Jedi again, I guess I'm okay with that. I don't know how all these new characters fit in. But look, Lando throwing some Ewoks. I don't fucking know. What's funny is if you watch this, that clip uh, that we talked about on YouTube, the next video is Star Wars Rise of Skywalker full movie plot breakdown ending changes. Like, I believe the plot for this whole movie is also been has been on the Internet for a while. Like, people know what it's going to be. Uh, similar to Wonder Woman, so you can't well, you can't even keep it a secret, dude. Some of these things that leak on Reddit and yeah. stuff are actually hundred percent true. Well, you heard the story of the script, right, you guys? No, what, that it was John Boyega's script. That John Boyega left his script under his bed and forgot about it. His housekeeper found it, gave it to someone else. It went up on eBay oh, for a day before someone from Lucasfilm noticed and fucking bought it. And it was only it was only up there for like thirty dollars. Like I don't think the guy who found it knew what the fuck he had. Uh, but fucking Boyega, how does that not get you fired? 
He he left. Well, he leaked the whole script. He can't. I mean, there's he's so far into the movie. <laughs> he was like, whoops, that was me. Sorry. So that's probably why. Now, if you don't care about Star Wars at all, listener, well, you can enjoy. You the, can hang out with me. You can hang out with Anthony, and you guys can watch the- you can hit on chicks. The, you can hit on chicks or, or- Or whatever you want. Or you can know. watch a sexy- I could be your wing for anything. You can watch a sexy Henry Cavill with long white hair in The Witcher that also comes out December 20th on Netflix. Oh. You can Netflix and chill with Anthony. How about that? I'm, I'm down to hang. Yeah? Yeah. Bro, do you even like, podcast? He does. I like tacos. I like tacos. I like money, though. All right. <laughs> look, let's take a quick break here uh, for some promos, and we'll be right back with this Crisis on Infinite Earths review right after this. After these messages, we'll be right back. Transmission commencing. This is Wookiee Radio. Translated for the Wookiee I like that Wookiee. Your hosts, Ken, Derek, and Mike, bring you the latest news and commentary from the far reaches of the galaxy. Uh, hold it. Hold it. I said hold it. Subscribe today on iTunes and Stitcher. I just assumed it's a Wookiee. Start listening today, and remember, the Force will be with you, always. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Carol. And we're the hosts of Retro Late Fee. We are stuck in 1994. And we can't get out. <laughs> We're watching all the movies and TV shows that you probably remember, I guess. Somehow we're speaking to you through some kind of time portal. Right. Uh, join us every week for great movies and TV shows from 25 years ago. <laughs> it's fun, I swear. Doc, Doc, Listener, if you enjoy the show and you want to support us and uh, give us a reason to keep podcasting, join the fan club. Visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon, where you help out the cost of the show and you get T-shirts, stickers, and bonus content and exclusive RSS feed just for our Patreon members that has instant reactions. It's got movie reviews. The shows come out early. Uh, and that's where you find actual sports talk. And yeah. with Jock Talk with Anthony and Chad, their bottom is is very weak. And special guest, special guest, new old contributor to the Patreon. He's recontributing now, I believe. At least that's what he said. Mister Roberto Rivera joined yeah. the show. Yeah. He wasn't contributing because his credit card expired. And I told him that if he ever wanted to listen to himself, talk about sports with two guys that never played past high school, <laughs> he would have to start giving us some money. So I think he is. Uh, he, so first of all, he had been, yes. he was giving us $5. We did a movie for him. Uh, he was giving us $5. Then he was at the $10 level. Yeah. And then I think he did this as a joke. Roberto, let me know what was going on. He increased his pledge for like half a day today. To sixty nine, sixty nine. Oh, and that's... then it went back to ten dollars. So I don't know what he was doing. I don't know if he meant that Tell as a he joke. He can pick another movie, though. Yes, if you were Roberto, go ahead pick another movie. We did a movie for him. It's uh, and he is not Jess what Rivera. We do related him? to Jess Rivera. We for Roberto Rivera, he gave us ten bucks a month, where you get to pick any movie for us to review. Yeah, and which one did he do for us? Uh, hold on, I'm stalling while I bring oh, up gotcha. the fucking thing. Uh, he did. Ready Player One. Oh, not a bad oh, shit. That was his pick. So you want to throw us another one? We still have a bunch of movies in round one, you guys. We got to get back to. Uh, we all, we'll do it. We'll calms do it. down a little. 
But that all the information Instead you have us watching shitty TV. You could have had us yeah, we're going to talk pick. about shitty TV. So, listener, join up jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. Uh, let's talk about the Arrowverse on CW. Crisis on Infinite Earths just had its first three parts released this week. And before I hit the spoilers, I want to tell the listener. I know there's some of you that don't have not watched this, and you're going to wait till it's all come out so you can fucking illegally stream it somewhere or binge it later. That's fine. That's why I put all the work in the show notes, listener, to uh, tell you where the spoilery shit is. So I'm going to play a spoiler alert. You can look in the show notes and jump to the next section. Got it? Great. Good. Here we go. Strap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. That was for Wes Cranford, who's like, can you tell us when the spoiler alert? I'm like, it's in every show notes of every goddamn post in every episode. Somebody, please look at the hardware. They just get used to hearing it, like, "Oh, I want to hear that," and then they forget yeah, that. Forget. That's, a, that's a warning. And you know what? You don't worry about this not getting spoiled. It's fine. Uh, this uh, this season's crossover, the third one in a row, or the fourth they've done. Bait. No, this is longer. What was the name of the last one? Uh, the last one was uh, there was the uh, Crisis on Earth X was the Nazi one. Invasion was the first one with the aliens. No, they've done. Let me. I can count it. For and you. then, One, two, three, what was four, last five, year? Six, seven, eight. This is the eighth crossover. What? They've done eight yes. crossovers. They've so twenty fourteen fifteen was Flash versus Arrow. Oh, okay, that counts. Twenty fifteen sixteen was Heroes Join Forces and World's Finest. Okay. Twenty sixteen seventeen was called Invasion, and then they did one called Duet. Okay, which was Flash and Supergirl, and like a singing one. Twenty seventeen eighteen was Crisis on Earth X. Yep. Last year was Elseworlds. The Elseworlds. Yes. That's right. Remember the Elseworlds? I, I don't remember I any of them. Barely remember barely, I barely Elseworlds. remember most of these. So. This one, though, based on a, a, a classic, huge comic book called Crisis on Infinite Earths, 12-issue miniseries from 1985, written by Marv Wolfman and penciled by George Perez. And I've actually, thanks to the DC app, I went back to reread it. I don't think I ever read it. I got through the first eight issues. Uh, and they pulled a lot. They actually made a lot more things since they pulled a lot from the comic book. But I love the fact that they had set this up from the very first episode of The Flash when you see the newspaper Flash yeah, Mission in Crisis. That. Remember that? I do. That and the, and initially it was that it was like twenty forty nine, and then in the last five seasons of The Flash, shit happens. The the date rolls back, and now it's twenty nineteen. So we got the first three parts of this five hour crossover. Uh, first three parts coming to us courtesy of Supergirl, Batwoman, and The Flash, and it will come back January 14th. So, fellas, look, I the only show I'm still watching is The Flash and Legends. The uh, only, that's two. That's two. <laughs> but uh, And the reason is Legends is just fun and comic booky, and The Flash is like, it's like hanging out with these guys, and I just kept watching. The others, I tried to watch Arrow this season. I dropped off Supergirl. I dropped off a while ago. I've seen some Black Lightning. I'll tell you, Black Lightning's a pretty fucking good show. It's got the most distinct style out of all of these. It's the least like CW Arrow versus show out of all of them. Um, but what about over Batwoman, Bat Batwoman's it's all right. It's 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 again the CW formula. Sure. So, but throughout these episodes, you kind of got a hint of what was going on. Um, remember, let's just talk overall what what our feelings were before we get into all the fun cameos. Remember when we used to watch all this shit all the time? Well, when Arrow first came out, there was nothing like it on, I, I mean, Correct. of course, I mean, the Buffy universe and stuff like that. And there was a couple of like 
team shows, but they weren't comic book oriented. And um, this that first season of Arrow was like him uh, going through that list and doing in, in, in the flashbacks yeah, and all great. that stuff. So it was great because it was so different. And then once he got that team together and it became a team show and you had that little like Scooby gang. Uh, and then all the other shows started doing the exact same thing. Yep, yep. It just started to get really fucking repetitive and it completely shifted like what the target demographic you're, you're now you're going after like, like tweens basically. And uh, yeah, they got a new show coming out and we'll talk about that trailer is doing the same thing. But for me at this point, it's like a guilty pleasure because Anthony, the scope of shows we get now. You got the fucking boys, Watchmen, Umbrella Academy, all the Netflix stuff. Uh, it's kind of surpassed uh, where this when this started, when we started the podcast, uh, there wasn't much more. And we were reviewing episode by episode. And now it's what did you think looking back at this? Yeah. So I'm, I have kind of a long opening thought because there is a lot that I owe to these shows because a lot of the reason why we started this podcast was not only the Marvel movies, but the fact that there were these shows. Yep. So we had something to talk about every week. Yep. Yep. So that was the backbone of the starting this podcast. So in that sense, we owe that to the, these shows. Um, I do believe that at the time there was some magic around arrow and there was some magic even around the flash. Flat, I, season, I enjoyed yeah. those yeah. shows yeah. Um, at the time. Definitely obviously quit after a while. Um, but as you mentioned, there's a lot of other TV that's come out now that's obviously way better, very much high qual- higher quality of production, better acting. Um, so now being inundated with that and being away for so long and then jumping back into this, I, I have to say I'm, I'm surprised that I actually enjoyed this kind of show for such a long time. And I, I was almost... I was almost upset by the end of the third episode that I'm like, God damn it, Imran, why did you make me watch this? <laughs> See, I, Everything about these shows is so cheeseball minor league. Yeah, the, yeah, the only yeah, good yeah. thing I can say about it is that it's somewhat cute in a sense, but the, the, the special effects are awful. The sets are awful. The, the acting is really bad. The fight scenes are really bad. I don't know what the fuck happened. I don't know how I was. In, I was. What? They happened? must have like shot like um, some sort of brainwave technology and altered my brain when I was watching these and every week. No, I mean the first few of them, they were good. They were untested, right? They had no idea yeah, what they were doing. Yeah. They were trying new things. They were, they were, they were good. I, I go watch the first season of Arrow. It's actually a lot, very gripping and and, yeah. and fun and a fun watch. That's what I remembered. Yeah, and um. But the, then what happens is the whole Berlanti thing became a formula and gets formulaic and it gets tired. And even Supergirl, like, you know, you joined the CW and, and got the formula. And so, uh, when it, it, at that point, it's just like foe of the week, bullshit of the week. And then you just, th- that overarching story, that overarching thing is just, it's gone and it just becomes you know, boring as fuck. And, or as predictable as fuck, you're gonna have people hook up, and then they're it's not gonna work out, and then they're gonna have to. It's, it's always they do it in every show. I mean, it's soap opera. They're gonna have a kid. Yeah. The kid's gonna be from another, and they hide the kid, and the kid goes away, and it's all the, the conventions of you know typical soap opera bullshit. 
So um, the only thing I do fully appreciate is that they it's so comic booky. They embrace the shit and the canon and the universe and all the cheesy shit so much that it just it makes you smile. Uh, the, uh, for what they're, what they're trying to do. I, I don't know. I don't know if smile would be no, a smile. Yeah, I, I, I would say what Pickles. they've done is they have certainly found the niche that they like. Yeah, yeah. They, and they've crafted this for X amount of years. They're pumping and it they, out now. Yeah, and they're le- they're leaning so far into that niche. Yep. Th- they have an audience that likes this, yeah. and I'll be damned if anyone else gives a fuck. They, there's enough. There's enough people that do care. That they don't have to change anymore. They yeah. found the formula, and that's this is what it is. I mean, these shows are running the network at this point. Th- you know? This is this is like when you were a kid and you were eating Lunchables every day. Yeah, and you're like, man, these Lunchables are awesome. <laughs> and you grow up, yeah. and you're eating like real sandwiches yeah. that you made or like your your fam- you know you could buy, and then you go back to eating Lunchables. And you're like, wait, I was eating like dog meat. What yeah. is this? What am I doing? Here? Yeah, yeah. It's so <laughs> I think for that reason, it's nice to check back in with these shows to see where we come from. Just like you said. Uh, and plus, that was a tough three-hour check. But you know what? They're forty-four-minute episodes. It's really only a little bit over two hours. Is total content time. But I, cu- I couldn't tell you what happened. Well, we'll go through the cameos. Uh, <laughs> I but, couldn't tell you what the plot was. Well, I, I was I was so <laughs> dismayed by how bad everything is. I literally was like, everything is bad. Yeah, it was unintelligible. Yeah. It was completely. Like I had no idea what anybody was doing. There's people that were doing nothing. There were a lot of talking, and I was just like, "All right, let's let's stick around for the next cameo." The, All right, oh, that was cool. The, oh, that's what he looks like now. You know, oh, she doesn't look good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What the hell happened to her? And then like that that was that was the fun of me watching. We're gonna fucking dig up, prop up, stuff into a fucking costume. And like, let's see what happens. I mean, to their credit, <laughs> that was it. The, that was the fun for me of watching. They pulled a lot from the comics, like I said: the the monitor, the anti monitor, the shadow demons, the quantum towers, yeah, uh, the but, pariah. He's from but, the comics, but they shoved but, it all into their. Thing. When you, I mean, uh, that's cool that they pulled it all from the yeah, comics, and yeah. I'm glad at least like you think you're appreciating it. But the cheese ball factor is so high, and and. The, the the special effects and f- the fight scenes are awful. Yeah, they're awful. Looking back, you're like, wow. I, I, I don't I remember them being that bad. I thought it was a little bit better. Like even Arrow in the uh, I don't know. Arrow towards the end used to be like this whole always used to have a fight scene where it was like the music is playing. It's like choreography and it's like dun 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 and it's just like everyone's just like doing like acrobatics all around. So what is the plot? There's the monitor who who makes Layla the harbinger. And she gathers all the heroes. Oh, I don't even think you need and to go that late that, in the game. That detailed. He's like, "Oh, we need seven paragons, and then they gotta find the paragons." And then I even forget what the fuck happened. The, the, in the, 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 oh, the there's overall a cosmic plot, treadmill. The overall plot is the anti monitors destroying the multiverse, and the heroes gotta get together. Which is, this, uh, this whole seven paragons yeah. and the treadmill. Who gives a fuck? Cosmic. It's a treadmill. Yeah, I gotta run on a treadmill to stop something. I'm like, this is. DC sucks. That's all I keep thinking. I'm like, this is how they think of how they... I mean, like, I understand that, like, okay, if you have a guy that can move at the speed of light, like, that kind of uh, movement... Yeah. The speed force, man! You can can really do a lot with that power, but then how they decide to, like, to visualize it and bring it to life is a fucking treadmill, and that's, like, that's why I don't like DC. Yeah, that's why that DC is fr- sucks. The Cosmic Treadmill is from the how, comics. Like, yes. That's how, like, dorky the DC guys are that create this shit. Like, they, <laughs> they can't 
figure out a way. Like they, I don't know. What they if just it's always a treadmill? make it so lame. I, I mean, this is from the company that has heroes called Matter Eater Lad and stuff. You yeah, know, they just they're not course. good with the names. And I love the plan was like, what if we just run backwards on the treadmill? Oh, maybe that'll work. And they get. I, I- <laughs> They give you- I don't even know. I feel like the plot is not worth discussing. <laughs> no, it's not. Let's like, just, that's that's yeah. already too much thought being like, put what into are this. The, like, the, why is there paragons? Why, be, like, so anyway, like, the monitor knows everything. Yes. And he so he knows that these all of these people have to get around. But what do they do together? Nothing. <laughs> they do. One guy does one thing the, over there. Yeah. And then another guy. And then everybody die. It's like, and now they're all, now they're like, some of them are are in a place that makes no sense yeah, that's outside of space and kind of looks like a garage. They're in the negative. <laughs> like, I don't They're know. It's negative, just so uh, lame. Is it called the negative? No, zone? it's not the so negative. What the zone. fuck was it called? The vanishing point. The, the paragons are all basically gods, I guess, or special human beings that have a role in, in stopping they us. They represent... And it's uh, down to these last seven people. They, they represent human uh, qualities. Like, what like do you think it's going to be? And hope. Like, every single thing that they've done has been the lamest thing. <laughs> N- nonsense. Like ever, I, I don't know. It's just this whole thing is just like why did they? So they go to one episode is just Barbara and uh, and what's her name? No, Kate Kane and Supergirl going yeah. to visit Batman, and nothing happens. Like Batman dies because he's a dick. Yeah, so and that's that, it. So the, we got our Kevin Conroy <laughs> Batman, uh, and we find out that he has killed everyone. And uh, thinks the world Alternate should end. World, yeah. yeah, and he's like, you know what? This world should probably end. And he has some kryptonite, and he punches Supergirl. But then he gets punched into a box and dies of electrocution. It, it was something. pretty. He pointless. literally like trips and falls yeah, onto so like the, the first thing that he hits electrocutes him. It, it is. There was very- no like. <laughs> there was no like even like like uh, cinematography where like, it pans to this thing that he could probably nothing. They just. Okay, well, I guess he's going to fall and die. Okay, okay, let's move on to the next plot point. Well, it and, was so poorly done. And the fact that they went to go get this Paragon, they think it's Batman. Yeah. They don't, they realize it's not Batman. They come back. The whole time it's been Kate Kane. So literally, she went on an adventure. For no, just to show no, no reason. reason. Just to show Kevin Conroy. <laughs> uh, just to come back and realize, oh, if you would have just stayed on the goddamn ship, you what? wouldn't have wasted any time. <laughs> Who's writing this? Listen, it's they, terrible. They needed to shove in so many cameos that they're just making shit up. And yeah, Kevin so, Conroy, basically not the best live action Bruce Wayne or Batman. Great voice. No. Uh, not the best. Live I was action. on Twitter and Devin Faraci. Ooh, Devin Faraci. He oh. posted like, this might be the best comic book thing I've ever seen this year. What? Uh, and I'm like, what? you gotta be trolling. Yeah. Please be trolling. And I just wrote, no. It's not. <laughs> Somebody else on our Facebook group was like, this eats the entire MCU universe, this crossover. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't if, you, know. if you really like cheese ball. I mean, so, really some of the. don't like anything making any sense. Some of the, the, the two of the cameos that made me laugh the yeah, most yeah. was the, the old Robin just being like, gee, Willikers or whatever he, he said. said whatever his line. Crimson skies of death. He, yeah, that he said that, like this old fat dude. So that's Earth sixty six, that. and he's walking his dog. Hilarious. Yeah. The the other one that made me laugh, and it's not at all funny, yeah. is the one that ties into the Birds of Prey show from Fox. Oh uh, yes. With the, I don't know who's on the phone. Who is that? Uh, that was uh, Barbara Gordon, Oracle. Oracle. Yeah. Like, no, I thought she was calling Oracle. 
She that was Huntress. Um, Huntress. Yeah, I that. thought she was called Huntress. What a whatever. She's literally <laughs> just calling one of the birds of prey, and she just gets annihilated. Like there, there's not even. Well, her you, her universe just wipes out. Well, I know, <laughs> but there's like that show is so niche that if you didn't know that that show existed, you'd yep. just be like, oh, that's just Same. a civilian dying on screen <laughs> with a wearing a fucking costume. Same <laughs> actress from Birds of Prey. That was Same Earth, one. Earth 203. Here's some other great cameos. Right in the beginning, in the first episode, you see Earth 89, which is the Batman 89 universe, and you got Alexander Knox from the Tim Burton movie, Robert Wall, uh, looking up, and you hear, I love how you hear the, t- the Danny Elfman Batman cue. You hear Superman music. You heard the Flash music from the 90s show. Then Hawk and Jason Todd from the Titans show, real quick, their universe gone. Then you see Dick Grayson. You see the Ray from Earth X. Will Wheaton is in the show holding a sign, which is uh, Will, Wheaton? Will Wheaton was from Star Trek. He's a big uh, geek like oh. dude out there now. Uh, and then uh, then they then Oliver dies at the end of uh, the first episode. And I didn't think they would do that in the end of the first episode. But even that was kind of like, that's how he's going up. How does he die? Remember, he was fighting the shadow demons. Yeah, he he runs out of arrows and saves a million people by holding off the shadow demons. Or a billion or something. But but he's already back in the second episode. And that was such a letdown, too. That wasn't even like, there's been moments in an arrow that has been way more uh, gripping than that. Well, what I think what's going to happen with Oliver, yeah. So then they toss him into the Lazarus pit, and then but then he has no soul. So then another great cameo from Constantine and Lucifer who's on a completely different show. It's on Netflix now. Uh, they try to bring him back from purgatory. And then Jim Corrigan, the specter, shows up and he's like, Oliver, you got to come with me. I think Oliver's going to be the specter now. That's what it would seem like. Man, you are putting a ton of thought on that was That was very weird. Okay, wait. More fun cameos. I wanted to ask you, uh, the second episode, Batwoman, we get to see... The John Cryer Lex Luthor from Supergirl and the Book of Destiny, which is all very geeky. I didn't. I kind of liked the John Cryer Lex. Really? I did. For this I show. Think, am I surprised? For this is, show, I thought it is, worked. It's hard. He he is awful. Dude, Michael Rosenbaum is the is fucking Lex Luthor. He's the best Lex Luthor that there's ever been. Yeah. And uh, it's a shame that they didn't get him to do this because he would have probably classed it up a little bit. It's hard not to see the uh, two, two, two. What's that show called? Two broke men. That's not it. The fucking show. Oh, two, yeah, guy, yeah. two girls, a guy in a pizza shop. No, or two no, girls, no, uh, one cup. No, the show no. John Cryer is fun with Charlie Sheen. Two and a half. Oh, men two and a half men. What, yeah, it's yeah. hard to kind of not see him as that guy. But I thought he was a fun Lex Luthor. Uh, so Jeez, Imran. I thought, I thought the only was, reason that he gets any cred because he was in Superman four. He was in Superman four, really bad movie where they ran out of money. Yeah. Uh, they do the nice little nod to the death of Superman for a second, where they're in another world and Superman gets yeah, killed. Well, his cape is on a flag. Yes, and he's wearing the cape. Well, How is that possible? Uh, uh, Rugs, you did you watch all of Smallville? Yes, I did. So, what did you think of the Tom Welling Smallville cameo? Motherfucker still refuses to put the goddamn suit on because we find he doesn't out want to do it. he's given up his powers. <laughs> similar to, to Superman Two, a lot of nods to Superman Two in this whole thing. I, I did find it odd that you have a multiverse and the Supermans, the Clark Kents, all look different. They should. I know all, they're trying yeah. to be cute and like yeah. have all the different Supermen in one film, but. 
Technically, it make should, or one show, but they shouldn't should all look, all look different. The same, they should all be the same yeah. guy. Just maybe. maybe one guy's older with white hair. Right. Well, I mean, it could be just the result of DNA doing different shit. I don't know. I guess. Different universes. I don't know. Okay, well, what did you guys think of Brandon Ruth getting to play Superman again? I feel like that was... It was fun. That was my favorite part of uh, it, I guess, as far as uh, seeing somebody in costume and going, ah, that guy's a great Superman. Like, he would be cool yeah. to see in Superman. I, I would say the fact that you had the other two Supermen. Yeah. In, yeah. You know, I don't watch Supergirl all that often, if ever. So I don't really know how Tyler Hoechlin is. He's all right. But he didn't. He did not show out well compared to the other two guys. The other two guys have a lot more charisma as Superman than he does. At then, least, at least in this three episodes. Wait, then I Tyler, saw. you mean? Just, and now no, no. like the guy, that, but Brandon Routh is like a foot taller. Yeah, I'm talking about Brandon Routh and uh, Tom Welling. Yeah, like they they actually felt like Superman. Yeah, yes, okay. And Tyler Hoechlin just did felt not. like a guy, just like a suit. dude there. Yeah. Oh my god, the the fight scene between him and Brandon Routh. He goes like, bad for a second. Also, no, like in Superman I'm not even, three. No, no, I'm go. I'm going with. They tried to recreate the feel of Man, Man of Steel, Steel. Yeah. when they were fighting, and like yeah. the 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 sonic boom of them colliding. Oh my yeah. god, that was just awful. <laughs> that that that's so the greatest. Bad. So that's Earth ninety six, but I'm confused because this appears to be like Kingdom Come universe, but also the Donner. It's the Donner movie universe. I, I don't understand why you're putting this much. Comes to, I don't know. It's just I have to. Why know are you these trying things. to figure this out? I have to know these things. Like we got to see Jonah Hex get his scar, uh, and. What the fuck was that? Why was he there? I don't, that w- oh my god! He was guarding. I'm like, what the fuck is Jonathan Shake? <laughs> that was the only Earth where there was a Lazarus pit left, and he was guarding it in the Old West. I don't know. I don't fucking I know. I don't know. This is it was, it was just oh my god. I mean, <laughs> I mean, this is what the reason why it's so bad is because it's based on DC Comics, and that's that's the only thing I have to say about it. Yeah, like, I mean, the comic book is is a kind of this wacky also and crazy shit happens but uh it's played i don't you, know. You know you know what it reminded me of yeah there's two things it reminded me of it reminded me of how i felt about sci-fi shows for the longest time yeah which is this, this cheap minor league thing yeah it also reminded me of mortal Kombat annihilation oh no <laughs> mixed with power rangers i was just this is the level of tv like i was just going man Either I've come a long way or I was just really dumb. Probably both back then. I mean, again, I, I do think there was magic around Arrow and Flash for a little bit, yeah, but yeah. golly, it, it is really tough to watch the quality of television that's out nowadays yeah. and then go back to this and, and it even feel like you're watching, like, you're even watching the same era of television. It feels like I'm watching the early 90s. Like a throwback show. Yeah. Well, speaking of the early 90s. And that, not even, and I know you're, you're going to be like, oh, they're doing it. I'm like, it's cute. But the sets and the acting is just so bad. It's, it's, I, I can't, the, <laughs> the, 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 the guy that's playing Brainy or whatever, like what? He's yeah, just that's like, like their Brainiac 5 I don't uh, understand. Version. This is so, none of this is just, Oh my god, it's frustrating to watch. I was I was legitimately <laughs> like, upset with you. Well, I was like, no one even requested for us to watch this. You just told us to yes, watch this. I love I love forcing you guys to watch it. But look, I said it last week. Like when, after watching Watchmen, it's ruined a lot of this television for me. Uh, going back to watch this, but we said you have to come. Watchmen, part. you needed Watchmen to figure no, no, out this was it bad. Was, it wasn't just Watchmen, but that one really right now. <laughs> but we have to compartmentalize and. For what it is, man, I don't know. It's it's fun, but it's also fun to laugh at. It, it, ha- it has its audience. I'll say yeah. this: it has its audience. I don't understand 
who's watching it and how you would like it, but there is it still gets obviously ratings. an audience for this. They're going to make more shows. I, I think if they really want to play, they have to up their game because DC in general, you look at the Titans TV show, it sucks. Yeah, they messed um, that one up. They, Doom Patrol is the only thing that's Doom Patrol is great. It's ha- great as that's a, that's a bit of a stretch. I thought it was it's, great. It's, it's decent. It's it's solid. Yeah. But like, um, Watchmen being DC is the best thing that they do. But that's mostly because of HBO and uh, yeah. you know I probably and their pedigree and their yeah. pedigree and the fact that they uh, the Harley Quinn cartoon. I don't know. Swamp Thing was uh, all right, except that we got well, cut off. Yeah, that would have. We don't know enough about that. I mean, it was it was it was it was. Not formula as formulaic as the shit that we're watching, and not as low grade as the shit that we're watching. I look. I like the fan service that the Flash the whole time. He's like, I have to die. Flash goes missing in crisis, and then they do a bait and switch where it's the John Wesley ship as the '90s Flash saying he didn't say which Flash. So they give you the moment where the Flash does sacrifice himself to save everyone, and then they even show you a clip from the fucking '90s show. That I thought was a nice touch. That they threw in because you see how young he was. Uh, but yeah, aside from that, it was just, this is a, it's like junk food. It's like guilty pleasure. I just don't know if people can just tune into this and watch this three part or whatever four or five part series it's supposed to be. And number one, understand what the fuck's going on. <laughs> number two, think that anything that's going on actually is useful. Yeah. Or that you're even using the characters to the best of your ability. Yeah. It seemed. Like, I've seen a lot of the other ones that were actually a little bit better than this. Like, I mean, the other crossovers has, I think this is the worst crossover that they've ever done. <laughs> it just seemed to have gotten too big and they're, they're trying to stay somewhat close a, to the source material, mess. which is kind of a mess also. But reading the book explained a lot more than what they explained here, like who Pariah actually is and why Harrison Wells is Pariah makes no sense. I mean, there, there I will give it this. I, I am jumping in four or five years after I've yeah. retired, or maybe three years. I'm, I'm exaggerating. Two or retired. three years after I've stopped watching these. Yeah. So I, I have missed a lot of stuff that I'm sure they're alluding to and little things, little little nods here and there. Um, so in that sense, you know, it is kind of my fault for jumping in. Actually, it's your fault for telling <laughs> me to jump into this middle of this after X amount of time not watching. But there's there's really very little in my opinion that's redeeming about this it, it the best i could say i said it earlier but the best i can say is it it's cute i guess there's some cute things where i go oh i guess i guess they're going for something cute there or, oh man that person's kind of cute to look at um i arrow's daughter is a cute girl that's so the, yeah it. that girl that the, she's from the future the monitor mm. brought her back she's gonna lead the new green arrow show which is green so arrow it's like and green the arrow and the canaries yep yeah. that's uh that's gonna be her so they got to set her up, of course. I mean, there's clearly an audience. They're, they're making more shows. So speaking of which, they played. Uh, I also watched the Kevin Smith after show. Oh, my God. Which was kind of funny. You he, had to watch him shill this shit. Yes, it was hilarious. Oh, my God. And he had like. Uh, you and Mark, him belong Mark together. You should, marry him. you should marry Kevin Smith. And, but the whole time I'm like, really, bro? He's really like hyping this whole thing up. It's so funny to watch. Uh, but they said interesting things like they want to replace the Barry Oliver relationship with Kate and Kara, Supergirl and Batwoman that, being yeah. the main relationship. Uh, and also, yeah, it was just, it was just really funny how to spin it. But they showed uh, the new trailer for the next show, Stargirl, 
uh, which is a character created by Jeff Johns like 20 years ago, and he's working on the show. And this show, I don't even know if I'm going to watch the first fucking episode. Did you guys see this trailer? No. For Stargirl? It's right there in the notes. You could pretty much imagine. I did see it. Yeah. yeah. Rugs, what's your thought? It's just another CW show with a female lead, and it has source material. I don't know. I don't even know if I'm going to watch this one. Luke Wilson is in this oh, show. What, got, what is he got, doing on the fucking this show? Bonafide movie stars in it. How is Luke Wilson slumming it? You got in Amy a, Smart. In a, you got Luke Wilson. That's crazy yeah. that he's in this fucking show. There's a cosmic staff, and she turns into Stargirl, and the Justice Society have died. But it's just, it looks like. And even, oh, they do have movie stars in this. Right? But it looks like it's skewing even younger and teeny boppier than the other shows. That's their audience. That's this their is audience. Really, the fact that you are watching this still and getting some enjoyment out of it really question, makes me question you. I remember the first <laughs> couple of seasons of Arrow yeah. was definitely like more mature. Yeah. Seasons one and two were, were pretty good television. Yeah. And then it just started sliding off and it took a hard turn. Uh, I think when they brought Supergirl over. Yeah. And they, um, it was just, it was Arrow, Flash, and then Supergirl was the third one. And then they did Legend of the Tomorrow, the Legends. Yeah. The Legends was one of the ones that where it started to get cheesy real quick. Yeah. That's when I started and then to jump all, off. And then all of them started getting that. They're like, oh, everybody's like, oh, Legends is so fun. It, I'm like, let's make everything fun. And then and, and that's when it Black, Black Lightning, though, is pretty good. The music's really good. Uh, they do have the silly costumes, but I feel like it's the most different out of all of them. And he was a neat little cameo when he showed up here. Uh, he didn't really he just Listen, when, they, the thing. when Daredevil came out, yeah, that changed the, the game completely. Jessica Jones, the first season came out, it changed everything. Yeah. It changed like how you see a superhero. Yeah, show. absolutely. Yeah, it it you know you finally had blood. You had you know this reality to it and it was great you know you, you, had, you had powers um or you know that they you know jessica jones's powers could be displayed better or whatever but at least it was handled where you weren't like wincing like oh god this is so cheesy you know you're like oh okay well at least it's grounded okay we we, we can kind of little kids might not it's not for kids, you know. Right. They're not going to enjoy that. It's like you graduate. So this from, is for kids. Right. This is they know their audience. They've, they've clearly, yeah. they've clearly like pivoted and directed it to a younger audience where writing doesn't really matter. I mean, these are the kids that are watching Dragon Ball Z, and those that writing is terrible. <laughs> so they're like, man, people love the, the Dragon Ball Z. The writing's terrible. Rugs. Why does everybody loves this shit so much? I mean, it's just one of those things that like. They just kind of make up their own rules as they go, and they just change things on the fly. And I think that great writing is when you set established rules and you don't really waver on them. And if you do have to get around it, you got to do it in a really clever way. I mean, Go and Goku had a float in the Thanksgiving Day Parade. I was like, what? 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 Nah, man. Uh, Dragon Ball Z is uh, Dragon Ball. Period is as popular as ever. So. They did have a Watchmen uh, billboard in the show also. And uh, there's, I got a screenshot here when you go to Earth 666 where Lucifer is. There's a billboard for Watchmen, which I was surprised they did that. But this is clearly different audiences. And uh, I would point to actually just as an example of a show that we're, we are currently watching that even doesn't really have blood is 
about, you know, somewhat of a cheesy thing, a cheesy universe, yet still maintains um, an air of dignity and is and is well done. You know, The Mandalorian. Okay. Look at that. Like, yeah. That is a show that has none of the, you know, violence that was associated with Daredevil, yet is still able to have, you know, um, not be a, a cheeseball show with terrible acting and bad sets and bad fight scenes. You know, I, obviously there's a lot good. more money yeah. invested, but you know, this is what we've come to now expect from TV. I mean, even Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. at least kept it adult Yeah, to a degree. I mean, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s worst show is still better than, than what <laughs> I just watched. Well, look, you like, fuckers. Writing-wise and character acting-wise and shit like that, still better than what I saw. I will be forcing you to watch the conclusion of this in a month from now, January 14th, two hours. Now that we've started... We have to find out what happens, even though it's not going to make a lick of sense. Uh, but whatever. I, we don't even have to rate it. I just, it was something to watch. And it is. Uh, I watched it. it That's is all I a, It is a guilty pleasure. It is weird to see. It was nice to see. Look, I. it was nice to see the cameos. Yeah. It was cute to see them, to see how they wove them in. But then at the same time, I was also disappointed that they, that that's all it was. Hey, right, they didn't right. really have anything yep. to do with the story. Yep. Um. So whatever. I mean, yeah, it the, is what it is. The only cameo that they had that had really anything to do with the story and that was at least a little thought out was the Wesley Ship cameo. But yep, yep. he's been a part of that universe yeah, for a while anyways. He's, yeah, he's buried. Every dead. other cameo, as Ruggs mentioned, was legitimately just, fan just showing their face on screen for fun. Before they died. None of it, made, none of it actually had anything to no. do with the plot. We got introduced to Ryan Choi, who's going to be Adam, and he's Adam in the comics, but... Yeah, well, it's all a little bit of fan service and uh, a little bit of, I don't know what like, everyone's doing. How was Kevin Smith? I mean, They're that's why. a lot of money to, I, to host I, the, I'm sorry, host but like I used show. to think Kevin Smith was this fucking badass dude and that would fucking take pot shots at, at, at the industry. They were yeah, talking about yeah. Star Wars stuff and all that other shit. And well, he's, he's just, directed episodes of Supergirl and Flash. Yeah, you can't talk shit about it. He's in the he, system. He's not. He is so. How does he? How does he go to <laughs> on a pile of cash? Probably. Oh, yeah, shit. It does. But it's yeah, it's a, garbage. It, it was a little bit. It was hard to watch him shill this stuff on those after shows. But I had to watch, and they did the same thing like Talking Dead. They had like an in memoriam. Like here's all the people who died this episode. I was like, really? Come on. Uh, everyone's gonna come back. I don't know how they're gonna reverse this. Like, we're shitting on this hard, but, I mean, it really deserves it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know there's some of you guys like I will, this shit. I will agree with you, Ruggs, that I liked some of the past crossovers a little bit better. This one yeah, just this got was the out worst, of control. Uh, yeah. I've I've watched all the crossovers, and some of them I've actually enjoyed and thought they were cool, but, like, this is the worst one. I thought like, last year's far. was better. Yeah. 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 I thought the year before that, when they were in... The Nazi shit was cool. I mean, for them to even take on Crisis on Infinite Earths, the comic storyline is crazy, but they've been setting this up for a long time, uh, and it's just a way too... I think they bit off a little more than they could chew. We'll see. I mean, we're just watching, like... When it comes back. Fucking pink things <laughs> go and absorb, like, computer graphic Earths, and people just standing around, like, doing and nothing. And they show you on a screen... And it's like, oh, signal it's so lost. Stupid. I, I don't even think, Imran, they bit off more than they can chew. Yeah. I just think fundamentally the shows are fucked from the start. Yeah. Because yeah, the way yeah. of they're, they're shot terribly, the costumes are bad, the fight scenes are bad, the dialogue is bad, the acting is bad. 
You even if you had the most amazing plot, you can't overcome any no, of that. No. Yeah, those are all the ingredients. And I still yes. am. Un- I cannot believe we used to watch these shows right? every week. This Wait, is unbelievable. What happened to they? Why does everyone on Krypton Imran still watches these shows? Why by does the way? everyone on Krypton shoot their baby off a rocket at the side of trouble? And where did that baby go? They sent well, Jonathan. That wasn't Krypton. Kent. It was like it was Argo. 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 Yeah. But they sent Jonathan Kent off in a ship, and then what the fuck? I, oh, they found him. That's right. They did find him. Who cares? Once again, you you think about this way too much. Look, I I forgot that he even happened. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I need something to do, you guys. This is all I have. There's plenty of good TV. <laughs> I know, and I'm watching it. I don't understand it. why you made us watch this. Because I know I was talking, <laughs> I was having a conversation with with uh, Bilotti yeah. and a couple of other people. Yeah. I just look, I name dropped you, Bilotti. Oh, there it is. And so I say hi to you. Who else? That's so, fucking awesome. Watch. Yeah, that's really good. Who else? Uh, wow, you you play the clip as he's shouting out people. Good job. Yeah, <laughs> he can't stop interrupting. No, me. what happened? He, he has to constantly interrupt. <laughs> But, uh, Take two, was, start over. I don't know. I was having a conversation with those guys, and I was saying, like, oh, did you watch this movie? Did you watch that? I'm like, no, I'm busy watching this shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm doing with my time. Yeah, I, I have another movie chat with some with like Rex, who's yeah. been on the show, and yeah. my friend Irwin, who's been on the show, and Chris Attella. All guys have been on the show. Shout out to all of them. And I was legitimately gripe at just going, I had to watch Crisis. <laughs> and let me tell you, I'm very dismayed that I had to watch that entire thing. And they're all like kind of checking it out because yeah. I guess there is some hype around it. It's but they, I mean, everyone everyone disagrees. This is we we cannot believe that this is television that's still going on on the CW. Plus, now you're going to appreciate all the other shows. I didn't need it. I didn't <laughs> no, need this. That's to what I was trying to do. All right, look, good stuff. Let's we'll check back in a month, maybe, oh. uh, and torture ourselves some more. Uh, let's do some news from the nation. <laughs> It's time for news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, this is where I pull stuff from our Facebook group. Listener, if you haven't already joined, join. It's called Jock and Her Nation. Closed exclusive just for you. Blake Braden comments. I take back every bad thing I said about the Watchmen TV series. I was totally wrong. It's, in fact, a wonderful show. (laughs) Anthony, you caught up? I am all caught up. I am very much loving it. Rugs, you there was a post credit scene in episode yeah, eight. So this there was. Is, this is what I want to mention. If you haven't watched it, so we won't. Spo- oh, we're not going to spoil anything now. Next week, uh, we'll review the finale and the whole season. But if you have not watched episode eight, there is a post credit scene that's kind of important that sets up episode nine, which will be the longest of the series. It'll be sixty-seven minutes of Watchmen goodness. And holy shit, is this not like this is like the best superhero show? I've seen on TV in a really long time. Superhero show. It's a, it's, mean, a, it's, a, it's a com. It's a comic show. book based show with superheroes. It's a comic I mean, book show. There's hardly any superheroes. No, there but isn't. Like, but the, it is a comic but, uh, book show. The writing is a fuck is amazing. It's completely it's, opposite of Crisis on Infinite Earths. Um, everything's well thought out. Yes. Um, it does. Now, even if it doesn't really correlate to Watchmen, the the graphic novel as much as it should. I think that the last few episodes really, really bring the characters into the series. So it it does help and, and a, a lot as far as that concerned. So written, I mean, this that episode, uh, episode eight, was one of the best written episodes 
I've seen on TV in like a very long time. And like, I usually don't fucking like anything. Yeah. So yeah. the Holy fact shit. that I was watching it, I'm like, this shit is amazing. It really is. Whoever wrote this fucking nailed it. Like they fucking Lindelof. Damon Lindelof yeah. wrote a lot of it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, wrote the whole thing. my yeah. hat's off to him. Like, I really don't, I couldn't, I didn't think he was, he had it in him to like, to nail it. And he did nail it. Now, Let's see what happens. Yes, yeah, let's see if he sticks the landing. Now, but, yeah. can they stick I, the landing? Yes. I have to. I have to just interject real quick too that I'm now fully caught up, and yeah, I'm fully, fully in on the show. I'm, I'm amazed that I like it this much, especially since I'm not uh, an avid follower of the comic. I, I went back and actually reread, um, or not reread, but did a quick perusal of the comic on Wikipedia just so I could be a little more versed in what was going on. But yeah, it's, it's great. I, I love, I can't wait to see what happens at the end. I'm going to disagree with rugs a little bit. I've seen some of your comments on Twitter. I think this show makes, uh, going back and reading the comic even more impactful, like the tweaks it does to the source material, making you look at the source material in a different light. That's hard to do, and it does it, and it fucking works. Like, it's some incredible reveals, and every, like, he's not doing the thing where he doesn't answer the questions. All the questions I've had from episode to episode slowly have been answered, and I feel like we're going to get, there's still a lot of questions, there's still a lot of things he needs to explain, but he's been doing it. You find out stuff, unlike Lost, where it was all bullshit, and he's just making it up. This is so well thought out, and and uh, pays off. Uh, I cannot wait for this this finale. Yeah, the stuff that they did to tie into the characters from the Minutemen and stuff like that, I think that that was brilliant. The retcons are great. Um, it is a retcon. Yes. I don't think it was Alan Moore's original intent. No. Or not. It's not really what the book was doing. So, yes, you have to go along for the ride on that, which you may or may not want to do. But then you're like, holy shit, it was this the whole time. Do you guys think Alan Moore is watching, A, watching it, and B, would would he enjoy this? I'm sure that in a way he would enjoy I think it, he would but too. I do feel I do feel like that Alan Moore is more subversive than this show. This show is just I mean, it's not really saying anything that people aren't saying all the time. Yeah. Like they I mean, they're like I think the other his other stuff is more about like how nothing everything is nihilistic and meaningless right, in Hollywood. Right. This is all all of these ideals that we have are just fucked up. And um that's not what this show is doing. This show is more like, kind of like, going on about basically stuff that everybody d- agrees that su- it sucks. If this show was like, uh, somehow, uh, made you think about something differently, which it's not. Like, you're, everything that you, they, they talk about this show, they're talking about, okay, this is bad, doing this is bad. Like, we all agree. Right. Like, it's not right, like, right, oh, right. I never thought about it like that before. Mm. So there's, there's nothing that, like, Al- Alan Moore was the king of doing that. He'll make you make you think about something completely differently when you read his stuff from a different point of view. You're yeah. like, oh, I never thought about it that way. Yeah, uh, I love that uh, uh, that it is a murder mystery similar to the original twelve issue book. It's kind of presented as a murder mystery. Uh, that's great, and uh, I think I think Elmore may may enjoy it if he actually. I mean, watches. Just it. think about what he did. All right, he created Doctor Manhattan. Yeah. This guy who was a Superman, and then he made him not give a fuck about anything. Dude, think about his character from the book. Like this is what a tragic character Manhattan is. Like you wouldn't want this. But life. isn't that what the genius yes, of what he yes. did? You would think having the powers of the god so, would be great, but it's a tragic, sad life he lives. 
Yes. So that's what he brings to the table. Like, I don't think Lindelof is doing what Alan Moore would do as far as that kind of like revolutionary kind of thinking about a character. Like Superman always saves people because he's like Jesus. Yeah. And if you have the power, you're going to, with great power comes great responsibility and all these tropes that we've, we've learned. And he just turns it on its head. There's nothing being turned on its head here. There was one major reveal with a character uh, that was like really different from what the, from, from what you expected, but it's also not shocking. So, because it seems like it's with the times. But so. that reveal makes you look at the book in a different light. Also, when you go back and you think about what yeah. it reveals. And then, right. you know, this isn't a spoiler. You get it in the movie, in the original material, the fact that Manhattan uh, lives in every moment all the time. Like he he's actually living all of time at once. Makes it hard for a motherfucker to like be in the moment, you know, and you, yeah, you it's, see very, it. it's a very hard concept to wrap your head around and it's very difficult to write like, yes, that too. and they do a great job of kind of giving you that. Uh, it's little easier bit to do on in panels yes, than it is than live. on TV, but yeah. they uh, they get to it. So listener catch up by next week. We'll do full spoiler review of the whole season of this amazing fucking show. Uh, we've been digging, uh, another comment from, uh, our Facebook group, Fiddlesticks Winterbottom the third says, baby Yoda must die. Oh shit. He said, let's start an online petition to kill off baby Yoda. It might break the internet and draw in a lot of new listeners. Even if they tune into hate, listen, they are still tuning in. I know he's joking, but it's kind of funny. That, do you think that uh, Mandalorian is getting through procedural? So right now? I got a, I got a bone with the fucking baby Yoda show, which is what people are calling it. They just by maybe, uh, I'm not going to spoil what it again. That? What the? Did you just have a stroke there? The, the, the baby, it just called the baby Yoda show. Uh, we have five episodes. There's three episodes left. And now for two straight episodes, nothing has happened. Can somebody tell me what the plot of this show is? I mean, it's, it's getting formulaic. It's like the thing of the, the little scam of the week, you know? It looks great. The acting is great. I love it. I love the nostalgia. I love the wipes that you, you know, the, like the original Star Wars. But this, how many times does a ship break down? He's got to get money to fix the fucking, that's happened three times already. Yeah. Wait, the, the, these next three episodes, they should better be all story. And you could be a little bit longer than 35 minutes if you want, Mandalorian. I won't be mad at you. Uh, the reason why I'm not mad at it is because it's only 30 minutes. Are you caught up on Mandalorian, Anthony? I am. It's all, I mean, I agree that these last two have been very side adventure, almost villain of the week type thing. Um, but it's, it's, I just it's only don't want it to get that. I was kind of like, please let it not be an episodic like yeah. uh, uh, formula that they kind of do like uh, like enemy of the week or little fucking scam of the week or, you know, like these procedural shows where it's just they go through the same procedure. Like, uh, it, like remember the old Incredible Hulk show? Yeah, it was the same. He'd up, show up yeah. out of town. Yeah, he's got a different he'd, name. He'd get a new job. Fucking all of a sudden he's flirting with a girl and all of a sudden some asshole. He gets wrapped up in some shit up. that he's, yeah. And yeah, and he turns into the Hulk and he has to leave again. So it's like, okay, like, help are we doing this now? It's like the Equalizer. Remember the, that show, The Equalizer yeah. with Edward Woodward? It was uh, every episode. we were past that shit. Uh, <laughs> look, they better fucking, you're missing one critical part uh, is a story, Mandalorian. Where's the fucking story? I want to find out well, some look, more. There is a story. It's just. For some reason, it's not the driving force. It's taking a detour these last two for it's sure. It's like, yeah, okay, kind of th this motherfucker goes on a mission. He rescues Baby Yoda. All right. Everybody knows about Baby Everybody Yoda. Everybody knows about Baby spoiling Yoda. Spoiling anything. 
And now he's got everybody pissed at him and he's got a price on his head and he's running from them. So now it's just, okay, I'm running and that's all I'm doing. And, and as I'm running, I'm like Kane, I'm, I'm walking the universe. Like these Kane little and side adventures and these little side adventures. But like, so like now it's turning into this thing. So I'm like, don't, please don't be this. And I mean, um, we saw a quick like space dog fight, which was cool, but it was really short. And then, Amy Sedaris was kind of funny. I would agree that it is, you know, taking this detour. Hopefully they can bring it back to the main plot, which is how the hell is this baby Yoda even exist? Why does the empire or whatever, why do they want him? Where does it come from? What, why did this, you know, what's the story behind this Mandalorian? Why did he decide to keep him? Are we going to see Werner Herzog again? We still haven't seen Bill Burr or Giancarlo Esposito. So this is my question. Is that okay? He gets the Yoda baby. He takes off on the ship. He's wanted by these dudes, right? You could skip all the other episodes and go to the other, the last episode where they're going to tell you the whole story and not really miss out. No, on this is the main, my main problem with this last episode. If you didn't watch it, you didn't miss anything. Like, the, 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 why are you doing that? You only have eight episodes. Fucking put some plot in each of the episodes. No, it's a very strange choice that they've. Uh, that they've just made it the Baby Yoda show. At this point, he better fucking die or turn dark, turn to the dark side, or get kidnapped. Something's got to happen to him. Otherwise, it's just going to end with him smiling. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm being presumptuous, but I'm just looking out. I could see, I could see pretty far right here. And if it's, uh, if, if the next episode doesn't latch back onto the main story, yes. we're, we're in trouble. These last three episodes <laughs> need to be all story, and I feel like maybe someone that's in Rise of Skywalker may show up in the last episode of this because it would be easier for them okay. to do that. It's okay, Imran. If, if this doesn't work out for you, you can always go back to watching CW shows. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got them all DVR'd. Hey, listen. It's better. Than, I'll watch these this procedural Mandalorian <laughs> that's, any that's day. That's true. Exactly. It's, it's a half hour. The fucking... All, all the quality of everything is great. I'm just like, I just see greatness, and I'm like, please yeah. keep going towards the greatness. Don't veer off into me- mediocrity again and do the same shit that we've seen a thousand times in other shows. Like, you know, like, go for it. Let's do this, Disney. Let's fucking make this shit happen. You finally have something that all the fans are galvanizing yeah, don't around. don't fuck that up. Don't throw that away. They, they were on a cool road trip, and they decided to take a detour and take a piss at the rest stop, and then they accidentally fell asleep at the wheel. Yes. So that's where we're at right wake now. Wake up, get it back. Oh, shit, we got to get to the end. We got to get over there. Fuck. Uh, they could still get to greatness. They could still do it. I mean, I have hope. <laughs> I mean, I'm not Supergirl kind of hope, but I have some. <laughs> are you okay? the paragon of hope, Rugs? I don't know. I'm like more like the tarragon. Of, oh, I love you. Got, you got to add some tarragon and some cumin. <laughs> yeah. Well, rosemary. Uh, so, cumin. you know, we've been loving Pedro Pascal's performance in this whole show. And something came out, which I knew I had an inkling. The dude doesn't take his helmet off. I was like, he doesn't even have to be in there. Turns out he's not always in the suit oh, or in the fuck whole episode. Uh, the episode Bryce Dallas Howard directed. It was the fourth episode. Uh, she was, he was doing King Lear on Broadway, not even in any of that episode, just did the voice afterwards. So whoever, one of the body doubles is actually the, uh, great grandson of John Wayne. His name is Brandon Wayne and Latif Crowder is the other one. So you have a, a Wayne 
playing a, a space gunslinger, which that's kind of dope. Geek boner. Right there. That's kind of cool. But must be a cool gig for Pedro. He's like, oh, yeah, I only showed up for like four of the episodes. Where's my check? <laughs> Why does he need to be in any He of does it. He honestly he really does doesn't. it. You could just do the voice unless, you, I don't know if he's going to take the helmet uh, off. Maybe I'm still. The, the only thing I would say about being, I guess maybe if I were an actor. Yeah. And I'm not. <laughs> but even though I guess I wouldn't have to be there, I would still physically want to play the role. Yes. I, I would. I, I still think, you know, act, even though acting a lot of it's you know, looking at your face, there's still physical aspects of acting, your, the way your body language is that maybe he would, you know, him as an actor, only he thinks he can do or well, just it, putting his own stamp on it rather than being a voiceover. Great, though we've talked about how like the body language and the body acting has been really good. Like you can tell what he's thinking. You know, you don't even need to see his face. So whether it's Brendan Wayne or Pedro Pascal, good job He's on very the very subtle in the role. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and then last thing, Ralph Bravo commented that he left a review on his sister's and daughter's iPhones after he stole it for a brief moment. Everybody should do yes. Bravo, Ralph. Bravo, Bravo, Ralph Bravo. Absolutely. Take that as a lesson. Uh, we are now up to 105 ratings, listener. Uh, you need if you have an iOS device and you live in the U.S., Go to Apple Podcasts and light up those stars because we are trying to get to 200 ratings, at which point we will reapply to Rotten Tomatoes and maybe become official reviewers. Join the man. If you want to get us something for Christmas, get us on Rotten Tomatoes by getting us 200 reviews, or you can give us a bonus. 200 ratings. You can leave a review, but the rating is even easier. Just you got to hit those stars. We just need a rating that counts when you're logged in. Yeah. And then give us a holiday bonus on Patreon. I don't. One is free. <laughs> One is right there. Steal all your friends' phones. We could do this. We'll fuck up the tomato meter. Just Listen, wait and see. Y- you're going to be around family. Uh, yes. All right. You're going to be it's around a bunch of people that you know. You can be like, Listen, it would make me really happy if you could just fucking give me your phones and, or, or do. Let's all do this together. And. <laughs> I think we can find, let's say you're around 10 people. We could get this done with 10 other people. Make it a holiday tradition, listener. Unlike any other. Yes. Every, that's it for this week, guys. Rugs, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at reallyrugboy. Uh, and follow, and check out the show notes for this episode, listener, jockandnerd.com slash 305 for links to everything we talked about and our Amazon affiliate link where if you're shopping for the holidays, follow that link, type in jockandnerd.com slash Amazon or click the link. Takes you to Amazon. You get something. We get a little something. Everybody's happy. Nerd. It's a win-win. Uh, and then spread the word. Just like we said, word of mouth is the best way to help us spread the geekery. Thanks for listening to the Jock and Nerd podcast. My name is Emron. My name is Anthony. He's the Jock. And he's the nerd. We'll peep you next time. Fuck that wow, show. We shit on a lot of stuff today. <laughs> Like I need my colon out. Lame. Sloppy <laughs> John. Is it more? Is it more fun for the listener to hear us complimenting or just say nothing?